0: Welcome to the Generations podcast, where we talk about key issues that divide the different generations and how the church can be a place where we unite. Each week, we'll focus on a different issue that we see culturally and discuss how each generation is in a unique place to make a difference. We hope you can make the live class that happens every Sunday morning at Stonebridge Church. Here is
1: Generations. All right. Well, uh, so my name's Brian, and I am a Gen X. I believe I am a. Uh, any other Gen Xers in here? Yeah, <laughs> you Well, yeah, that's right. We got we got three of us representing here. I identify with that one. the Nineteen seventies in there.
2: I was I was here in nineteen
1: seventy. <laughs> you were you were in existence at that phase. Um, this is my first time to really get to. I sat in a little bit last week, so uh, I thought it would be fun to kind of see who's in the room. So so we've got so again, raise your hand if you would be in the uh, generation X sort of classification, sort of you think. Okay, so we got, got a few of us there. Um what about baby boomer? Anybody got some baby boomers representing over here? Okay, nice. Uh millennial generation? All right. And then Gen Z? All right. So we got we got a little representation from every everyone here, so that's that's always good. It's fun. Um awesome. Well uh so, we're going to uh, jump into. Is this going to work? No, you're not. Okay. So, as you can tell, Generation X sort of knows technology, but that's not nearly as proficient as Millennials and Gen Z. <laughs> yes. So, I just want to illustrate that for you guys that we, we kind of know enough to, to make ourselves uh, just get in trouble. So, let's try this again. All right. Okay. So, you're going to go all the way back here. That's fine. And I've usually used PowerPoint. So, Josh is like challenging me on this whole Prezi thing here. So, we're going to. All right. a little bit further back. Awesome. All right. So today's topic um, is uh, is on value, worth and identity. Um, And so I want to just we'll start off with kind of an uh, this question is almost so basic that it might be hard even like know how to answer it. But let me just throw it out. So if you were simply asked to tell us about yourself, what details might you include? Um, in other words, let's say you're 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 in a group and uh, you're meeting people for the first time. It comes around to you, and you have freedom just to introduce yourself. What kind of things do you typically share about yourself? Just just kind of think about name. name that's a good one. Nice. All right, way to get the ball rolling there, man. Nice. <laughs> name. That's pretty common.
3: Where you where you're
1: from? Okay, so there might be a reference to where you're from. Okay, interesting. Age, marital status, yeah. yeah. How many children you might have? Yeah, may usually say something career, about your family. What
4: career you might work in or have
1: worked in. Okay, so something about your job, your profession. Okay, good. Good. Gen Z, anything y'all want to add to that? <laughs> <laughs> I like
5: playing video
1: games. Okay, there you go. Nice. Yeah, your interests, your hobbies, so good. That's excellent. Yeah. So what we don't we don't think about is all those things say something about our identity kind of what we, um, how we sort of define ourselves. Uh, You know, we don't, we don't think about that because we do it all the time. It's a real natural thing as we introduce ourselves. But those are all saying, these are things I feel that are are important in my life. This is how I, these things help define who I am and give me value, give me worth. Um, So we're going to kind of get into some of those things. And uh, I wish there was this magic list. I was hoping like on Google that I could find like perfect breakdown. Here's the top five ways that baby boomers find their identity, self-worth, and value. But it's not exactly that clean. Uh, so we're probably going to, what I want to do is generation by generation, sort of look at it again as some characteristics of generations that I think will help us see into how that generation may define themselves typically. Um, so we're going to kind of jump in and look at that. Before I do that, maybe just get some of y'all's thoughts. So think about your generation i am old enough as a gen Xer to know this song by the who talking about my generation does anybody know that song yeah Yeah. so if you 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 got two people that also know that song i do have that in my head right now so (laughs) talking about my generation oh Oh, you do know that nice see we have something in common guys this is good <laughs> so, yeah, quick,
3: quick, quick side note. I, I, deployed, I deployed in 16, and, and one of the guys like, kept saying,
1: uh, he used the word uh, damn, right? Millennials. So I said,
3: millennials, they're millennials. And he walked up to me and goes, uh, Ray, which is my last name. Yeah. He says, don't say nothing. He didn't realize his birthday fell into the millennium. <laughs> oh, okay. talking bad about the millennial. Oh, uh, whoops. games the whole time for like six months, right? And then he, he's like, ask that dude sick
1: sick. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't realize funny. that either. So it was like, <laughs> be
3: surprised who falls into one generation sometimes. So yeah, who yeah. You, who
1: you <laughs> well, and you about? Well, and just while you're on that, I think, and I'm sure over the course of this class, you guys have probably talked about this, but... You know, this is this is not a clean cut thing. When we we do generational studies, there's so many other variables that affect who we are and how we define ourselves. So there this really is there are some commonalities that sort of surface within certain age ranges. But other things, you know, that I've realized even in, in preparing for this is that a lot of what's defining each generation is just the stage of life we're at as well right now. So if you're a Gen Z, there's certain things about being a teenager or being early 20s that are just unique to that stage of life versus a baby boomer who's who's retiring. And some of those questions are Gen X who's sandwiched in between older and younger kids and all the stuff that goes in there. So there's there's a lot of factors. And then your own individual story, you know, did you grow up in a two parent home? Did you grow up in a divorced family? You know, just all kinds of factors, obviously, that affect us. But there, it is, I think, helpful there's certain commonalities that a generation grows up in culturally, that I think is useful for us to kind of look at and, and that do factor in. Yeah. Uh,
4: just to build on that, I mean, even just within the, gen- <clears throat> the generation, so for millennials, the older millennials, the ones born that graduated high school somewhere around 2000 to 2004, somewhere in that age. Um, yeah. Even if you look at them, they had a, they had something pretty major and significant that happened sure. that shaped their entire early twenties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 9-11. Right. War and
1: all that
4: other stuff. Well, right around 2007, 2008, that's when you start to get to the, the ones we don't want to identify with, like, okay, you know, they start out of high school and it's just completely different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are other things, obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. help shape, uh, who we are going through those type of events. So, yeah. So anyway, kind of keeping that in mind, but as you think about your generation, let's maybe, if you want to throw in a couple thoughts on this, how does your generation tend to define itself, or what type of things does it tend to derive its value and worth from? Any thoughts as you think just, about just your generation?
3: Industrial. Our generation <clears throat> worked with hands and computers. You mentioned jobs. Okay. We, our generation is the craftsmen generations. So we were very much a industrial age uh, generation, when we got started from the bottom, work. Really
1: up. Okay. Up yeah, that's good. That's good. That's we're interesting. On, on major technological. Well, when you say which generation, like the generation X, the oh, okay, who were born in that era. Yeah.
4: Steve Jobs, those types of people that developed all this stuff. And of course, you have millennials and all these other. Yeah. And Gen Zers now that are building
1: on that. That's interesting. So you had a lot of the, the initial pioneers of technology yeah. came out of Gen X. Yeah. So that's that's interesting insight. Yeah. It's good. That, you
2: think of baby boomers, the the you know NASA and the flight you know, to the moon and that sort of thing. Apollo 11, we just celebrated, what? 50, 50 years, years, right. 50 years and, Yeah, and yeah. um, all that
3: going on, too. Yeah. That's kind of, it's uh, a blend of both the baby yeah. boomers. Kind of that's good, that's good. Really rugged, mentally tough, resilient generation that dealt with stuff that just
1: kept going. I remember a okay. cool thing to drink when I was young, you know, Tang. Yeah. <laughs> Tang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you were pretty bad. Tang and Tab, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what that stuff was. And the greatest thing ever. I, I will say, and the greatest thing ever as a kid in the '80s, growing up, was Easy Cheese in an aerosol can yeah, yeah. In, in the van. I'm like, and my mom was a nutritionist minor. And somehow she thought this product was perfectly fine for us to be <laughs> squirt in our mouth. Like, so, all right, we won't get too distracted here. All right, what about uh, any other thoughts on your generation? How you define yourself? Where you drive value from? I
6: think
7: baby tend be the alcoholics. Okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> I did not say that. I <laughs> I could go with that, possibly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. James, how are you? All right, so we're going to continue to kind of uh, unpack this a little bit. So um, so let's look at some of the... I only really found one good chart that really was specific to how we kind of identify ourselves. And I know you all cannot see that at all, but let me, let me go to the next slide that shows sort of some highlights from this chart. What this does is it takes... Uh, different areas that we, so there's kind of this statement, my blank is very important to my sense of self. So in other words, how I draw value. And it's looking at Gen Z, Gen X, millennials and boomers. And, and it takes stuff like your your profession, educational achievement, hobbies, gender, sexuality, groups of friends, those types of categories is what it's measuring. Uh, so what I've done is I've taken this data. I'm going to show you the next chart. It's just going to show you like which generation was kind of the number one in some of these categories. And I want to see if you guys agree with that or kind of what other insights you have. So based on these observations, if we look at Gen Z, all right, it says that uh, Gen Z and this is uh, we're defining Gen Z from like seven to 23 ish, somewhere in that neighborhood uh, is kind of the latest like uh, Pew Research, the way they would define that age range. So what they ranked as number one above all the other generations as far as how they identify themselves was professional educational achievement, which is interesting. So they draw a deep sense of worth from that. Hobbies and pastimes, video games, Um, gender, sexuality. So those ranks, they were number one among all generations in those categories of identity. Uh, Millennials ranked highest in region i'm from that's kind of interesting social economic class uh political affiliation so that's where millennials rank the highest boomers ranked highest in family upbringing and then religion and religious beliefs (laughs) and then gen x didn't rank highest in any category we're just like in the middle, just kind of doing our thing, just yeah. kind of just sandwiched in between everybody. We're just kind of blended. Emphasis, and then we were kind of in the middle, kind of picking up, going
3: with it, learning, and then the guys behind us. Even if you if you look in the society, you hear boomers to millennials. So you don't really hear Gen
1: X. Yeah, Where and that, and that's exactly. Not kind of in the middle, even in that. Yep. Yep. There, uh, I saw one article called the Gen X as kind of the uh, forgotten middle yeah. child generation. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it's the shortest range too they define. Just because uh, I think so much was happening when the Millennials were really beginning to have an identity and define that generation. So, was
8: this a multiple
1: choice survey? Um, I th- I think it was. Yeah. So let me. So basically, this slide before you can't read it, but it gives them. You had to rank these set categories. You know, which one, how do you define yourself? What's most important? So based on, you know, each generation sort of answering those questions, um, that's how they determine kind of these rankings. Does that make sense? Gen X just doesn't like those kind of surveys just go down the middle. And they just do the safe answer like, yeah, you know, it's kind of. Just answer C
4: all the way see. down the scan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down, your way
1: up. I think part of it, Gen X is a very blended generation. I think we were, you know, I think about my own childhood as a Gen Xer. You know, I, w- I had I have a very mixed uh, version of some old fashioned things, but as a kid, like as you said about, I was sort of there through the pioneering stages of tech. I mean, I remember my my dad buying the first Apple IIe computer that this guy Steve Jobs had, this weird machine. You know, uh, doing
3: DOS in high school.
1: yeah. And so I think we just have yeah, a blended. So
4: far, so far beyond.
1: <laughs> right, we've seen a lot happen. Yeah.
9: I
3: was just picking on X, cool. yeah. cool. but We mostly relate
1: with them, that's why I was making a joke Yeah,
3: yeah. Joke. Just so know. Right, absolutely. I, s- I saw your chart, and it was like family and whatnot, and, I, and it was kinda high for the Xers. I remember very much so as a kid. My family's reputation, according to what I did, was very high on, on how I was taught. Yeah. You represent me. Oh yeah. My mother would say, if I messed up in school, they don't look at you, they look at me. They look at how I'm doing my job. Right. So that was right. one of those things that was very much instilled in my genera- our generation. Yeah, right? yeah. That our, our reputation of our family was reflected upon us as children with Yeah. I think, I think, too, is, is the
2: um, how society has evolved, if you only call it that. So I remember in second grade, walking to school. Okay, my children don't even know what that means. Okay, walking to school, second grade, riding a yeah. bike. My mom not taking me there and dropping me off. Um, Having dinner at home, that's because we didn't have so many fast food restaurants. Right. You know, it was, in fact, we didn't have the, the microwave. wasn't even invented yet. So things were very different, much slower back then. And I think family values, there was a lot of time where the family was around the table more than they are today.
1: Right, so right. What like
3: was, was competition.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's right. How is but, it raining? It's raining.
4: The to me looking at is <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at the millennials we that's exactly the political landscape and, and the, the screaming and yelling at each other and all that stuff that's going on right now those are the new people in, in the, the political landscape those are the ones that are doing they're millennials and then and then you see gen z and they're the ones they have twenty thousand kids marching to get abortion you know 17 18 year old kids tending to march abortion whereas the generation right before them was marching for more it's just, like, complete contrast between those two generation kids. It's really funny to me to see the professional education generation of the kids.
1: Yeah, yeah. And maybe education is a big part of that, too, you know, as they're, you know, college and getting in and figuring that out is, you know, a huge thing on their mind about how that defines me, who I'm going to be.
9: You know what's also funny, though, <clears throat> if you think about when they took the test, like, Gen Z is still very young-minded. Yeah. Right. Whereas right. the others can reflect back and think about it. Yeah,
1: I think that factors in a lot.
9: Yeah. Years later, right. when Gen Z. Is
10: older,
1: it's older. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I
10: was just thinking about that. So it's like Gen Z, all they know is education and
1: hobby, <laughs> right? Yeah.
10: Like family life to them is I'm trying to get away from my parents. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> so right. You got to factor all that in, and absolutely. I've
10: asked this question from week to week, but I would love, as we continue these conversations like in years to come, so like that, to see in ten years how their interests change, yeah, and then in twenty years, because like if you had asked a Gen X person in their twenties, what would their answers
1: be? <laughs> right. <laughs> Probably pretty similar. It may be right. Much, yeah. yeah. And again, to your point about millennials, you know that's a very normal thing. When, when the boomers were that age, they were doing the same stuff, very politically involved. They were very much protesting. They were, you know, very activists, all that stuff. So it's a lot of that is representative of that stage that they're in. So I think it's interesting.
5: Um,
1: there probably are, you know, where you, you'd have a different set of generations you're comparing at that point, but uh, it would be, it'd be interesting. So we may have to, do what John's saying. Come back and do a little recap here in Everybody, a few years.
4: The 70s, you know, the generation that, that was in their teens, 20s and the 70s, they were, you know, there's was a sexual revolution and all this other stuff. They were considered ultra liberal for their time, and nowadays, like a huge portion of them identify as conservative. Yeah. So it's just. Yeah. I mean, they. It
1: It does. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into uh, we're going to look specifically uh, looked at a lot of different articles and and different books and stuff. I try to glean um, again, some of the top values and then also some struggles with each generation. And again, we'll see what we think about these. So baby boomers, we'll start with baby boomers here. Um, So this is again, 55 to about 73 years old. Um, So here's three, uh, three values that seem to really come out pretty strong with the current baby boomer generation. So number one is fulfilling obligations and obeying rules and laws. Number two is safety in one's community and nation. Number three, maintaining and preserving cultural family or religious traditions. All right. So again, this seems to kind of bubble up if you really look at our demographic of baby boomers right now these are some things that really seem to be strong and so it's definitely helpful to know that if you're working with someone who's a baby boomer, these are typically things they hold to be pretty strong and then a couple other stats just to know about this demographic right now 65% of baby boomers plan to work past 65 and not retire would you say about workaholics mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so there is there really is that in- industriousness in that generation um, It may also a lot of the articles I read too are really getting into a lot of baby boomers are way short on their retirement. They do not have what they need to really successfully retire. So there's some economics driving that that there's maybe some fears within baby boomers are like, I don't know how I'm going to live. I I really can't quit working. I'm going to have to keep working until I'm 90 to survive. So some of them are in in that, you know, that thought process. now, with income, that 70% of the disposable income in the U.S. is controlled by baby boomers. Um, so that's a pretty good chunk of, of the income in the U.S. as well. So, uh, so those are a few facts. Any, any comments on that? You all generally think that seems reflective of that generation? Uh, with that, just some struggles, I think, as we try to identify with baby boomers. Um, so is there, now in their retirement years... Uh, A lot of them, I think, are struggling to again. This, I think, gets into meaning, identity, kind of where I find my worth. A lot of them, I think, are struggling to find meaningful work where they can still contribute in positive ways. So they're retiring and a lot of them are asking now, what do I do with my life? So a lot of them, I think, are wrestling with that. Uh, Secondly, is again, like I mentioned, many are not prepared for retirement. So a recent survey said 45 percent of baby boomers have no retirement savings, zilch, zilch. Only 55% of baby boomers have some retirement savings, and of those, 28% have less than $100,000. So this is you know, definitely a, uh, an issue that's going on with them. Um, and then I think for a lot of boomers, they're struggling to find their place in a rapidly changing culture where a lot of traditions they grew up with and values they had are constantly in flux. So this creates a lot of angst, I think, for baby boomers as they're trying to I you know, think they have any values
2: in that age. What's that? I think that's any generation in that age. In that stage. stage yeah. That, that stage, because you're used to certain things as the, the younger generations adapt to new technologies. and that sort of
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then the last one I just put on here is, is depending on your age within baby boomers, a lot of them are still potentially in that sandwich phase of their caring for their elderly parents. And then maybe they're finishing up some of the youngest kids graduating from college. So they're just, there's a lot of strain and they're pulled in a lot of directions. So any other comments on that? So we'll keep looking uh, through, let's go to the next one here, the mysterious Gen X. All right. Um, And then, oh, one other thing, uh, I thought this was just kind of helps on baby boomers to think about this, so, the baby boomers, they value relationships. They did not grow up with technology running their lives. Baby boomers grew up making phone calls and writing letters, yes, yes. <laughs> solidifying strong interpersonal skills. Yet as they got older, they actually became fluent in technology and now use cell phones and tablets. The difference is they use these technologies as productivity tools as opposed to connectivity a lot of times, an idea that came from the millennial generation. So, and then the last little, I thought it was a good statement too. In the workforce, baby boomers baby play by the rules, putting their work life first and living the true American dream, which encompasses kids, a nine to five career, a house and a minivan. They pave the way for the workaholic in corporate America. So that's kind of what you refer to Keith. So I thought those are some interesting little insights about baby boomers too there. All right. So Gen X, let's see. All right. um, So just a few in in researching Gen X and being a Gen Xer, a few observations. So they are the first generation to value work-life balance and possibly in response to experiencing the consequences of their parents' workaholism or their broken homes. So you have this reaction, right, from Gen X where you have baby boomer parents who are Work, work, work. They're living in the suburbs. They're commuting, and they're putting all these long hours in. And you know, they're really just uh, you know climbing up the corporate ladder. And then you have these Gen X kids who're kind of growing up alone, and maybe that took a toll on some of the marriages they grew up in, the families. And so you have this factor into the Gen X generation a little bit. I think um, their worldview based on change. Uh, th- these are some things that culturally happened as they were growing up. Need to combat corruption, dictatorships, abuse, AIDS generation in search of human dignity and individual freedom, the need for stability, love, tolerance, and human rights for all. So that's just kind of a quote about thinking about the world they grew up in. And then members of the generation, um, they're now in 30s and 40s. They spend a lot of time alone as children, and this created an entrepreneurial spirit within them. In fact, Gen Xers make up the highest percentage of startup founders at 55%. So there is kind of this Entrepreneurial. So, did you have a comment on that? I'm <laughs> uh, just
8: kind of embarrassed because that's like me on the board.
1: Oh, really? <laughs>
8: my parents both own businesses, and I never saw them at all. And as a result of that, I started my company that allowed me to retire. Because I like, and I tell everybody my, my goal was to be a husband and a father. Hmm. I guess started when I was a teenager because I wanted to spend time with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's this uh, thing. It's a uh, where children identify with a superhero at an early age. I can't remember what it's called, but. Uh, mine was Superman. About the time I was five or six. Okay. So the whole middle area is like this internal drive that's been hmm. there, hmm. and then the third one is just like I did. My my parents were at work all the time, and I never saw any of them. And I started a company.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I was just
8: like, oh God, I just, uh, oh, I didn't realize I was so big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It was interesting, and you think about even even the childhood. I think about. My kids now, Gen, uh, Gen Z kids, and I think some of it's we we I think we're more overly concerned about safety for our kids. Yeah. There's more technology things to do within the AC, mm-hmm. yeah. but you know, as a Gen X kid, no. I mean, I had, had a TI, that. I had the Speak and Read, and you know, like, can you spell? And it talked like this, and yeah. you could, you know, about after ten minutes, you're like, okay, that's boring. <laughs> so you're outside, and you, there is nothing really to do inside. So you're out, I mean, my whole childhood was outside playing with my friends, hanging out at the neighborhood pool. It's different. Dark. Right. Yeah, be in before dark. So I think, you know, that was definitely different.
8: <laughs> I was reading um, encyclopedias and playing Legos. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
1: My uh, my wife was a huge Encyclopedia Britannica fan. And so if, if, if my wife would be was a kid now, she would just be toast because she'd be Googling nonstop. But but she like would just read the encyclopedia. Like, this is amazing. Yeah. She even, she, uh, yeah. So well, it was information. One
2: spot. In yeah, <laughs> right. <He has> <laughs>
1: God, God, knew that she did not need to be a kid. Now probably <laughs> that she would just be toast. Yeah. Let's look at a couple struggles maybe that come out of Gen X as we, as we te- as we really like to define ourselves. So number one, again, is the stage of life. star for the small font, but I think as a Gen Xer now, they can kind of lose themselves in these middle age years. And fall for the midlife crisis temptations. So just know that as, as we think about Gen X, where we're at now, we've been maybe at our career for 20 years or so. We're just sort of doing our thing. We've got you know multiple kids, and I think that's right where you're susceptible to. Is this all there is? I haven't accomplished all that I thought I would. I'm going to go buy a Lamborghini and run off with some person. You know, so you have maybe some of those midlife crisis temptations that that, that maybe they're facing. Um, I mentioned this, but uh, some articles call them the forgotten middle child. But this is interesting. So, um, sometimes they, they feel overlooked in society and the workplace. Uh, and this is a quote um, uh, from uh, 4am Chef, I guess. So, due to the sheer volume of millennials in the workplace, thanks a lot, millennials, and their strong opinions about how it should be. Uh, companies are adjusting their policies to meet the needs of millennials. Um, Just such a sheer volume and number of millennials in the workforce, it's kind of like, it's like, okay, do we put a lot of work emphasis on Gen X or do we really try to think about this millennial generation and make sure we're prepared for them in the workforce? And they they tended to get a lot of the focus. Um, Because they're
3: sort of driving the, the the extras are in the middle of doing our thing. Yeah. They're really driving this so the greasy squeaky
1: wheel. Yeah. And even though millennials are younger, they, they tend to be getting promotions a lot faster than Gen Xers. But those, so there, there is some of this angst in the workforce about Gen Xers feeling overlooked a little bit. And you know, their younger coworkers getting promotions sooner than they felt like they need, they should have gotten it. So it's, it's just interesting. Some of those dynamics, I think that Gen X feels. Um, And then last one is there's a, sometimes a technology gap um, that while many younger workers grew up with computers, social media and other technologies, Gen Xers didn't as much and so they may not feel as you know adept at it as the like younger ones. I Yeah.
3: And it, once you get past uh, either joystick and a button or two <laughs> buttons and, 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 uh, and, and the, the four-way thing over here, yeah,
1: that's it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I can't
3: even function the controller unless I yeah. play the game.
1: I, I think I, I lasted up to Super Mario Brothers. Uh, and yeah. that, that's kind of when I found like, alright, yeah, this right. is getting too involved. <laughs> but the glory days were like Galaga yeah, and exactly. a frogger. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So millennials. All right. Twenty three to thirty eight. Um, so these are a few things, as I read a lot of things that seem to really come out about millennial generation. So number one, millennials want to matter um, just as millennials grew up in their household as a child, negotiating choices in their families and at school. Today, they want to be and feel significant in their professional and personal lives. So That's just a That's definitely a value they hold pretty dear. Number two, uh, they want to be active participants and not bystanders. Another attribute of the millennial generation is they are actively engaged. They care about issues such as climate change, human rights, and the proliferation of GMO culture. So those are just a few kind of hot buttons for a lot of the millennial generation. They're picked on. What's that? They're picked on. They are. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's part of the conflict and tension we have is particularly with millennials, I think that we have, I think we tend to be real negative sometimes. And And we, and we over what's that? Sponsor millennial. Sponsor millennial, yeah. So there's a lot of those kind of, yeah, Yeah. things bouncing around. And then number three, uh, this was interesting to me, purpose over profit. Uh, So millennials are the emergent talent leaders in every industry and with scores of baby boomers retiring, the opportunities for career development are increasing. And then unlike the preceding baby boomer and Generation X cohorts, which said, show me the money, and accepted positions based on pay, prestige, or job security, now obsolete, the millennials are more likely to say, show me the purpose. In 2016, 76% of millennials said they'd rather take a pay cut than work for a company with unethical business practices. So there's something about the millennial generation that's saying it's not just about making more money. Right. They're actually asking, which I think is great, they're asking the deeper questions about, but what is, how does this impact our world? How does it impact people? What's the purpose, what's the why behind what we're doing here? So. so
10: okay. We had a Sunday school class a while back where we were talking about this shift. The younger people wanted to ask why, and I had a mixed group. And it was interesting to me, because it cut off, the oldest person to say why was important was 36, and the youngest per- person to say, I just want something more tangible, some practical
8: steps, was 37. Hmm. And it was really fast because you could almost see a fifty-fifty hmm. split wow. with that change.
1: Yeah, that's that is interesting.
8: Uh, a lot of this might have to do with just awareness. Like you say, unethical business practices, but you know, thirty years ago, they could hide all that stuff a lot better.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Like
8: nowadays, like it's just become so public when there is, you know, yeah. there's unethical business practices. Everybody's going to find out technology. in a matter of days, and it's like, okay, yeah. great, my company has unethical biz- business practices. It's going to get shut down, and there's. There's a huge safety concern with that too. Right. Like, right. The whole company could go under because of unethical business practices.
1: Yeah. No. I think it's a really great point. I think they're very much more aware. We found out a lot um, of the things that
3: we used to do that was normal have a much more negative impact. Yeah. Right? And yeah.
1: They would fall
3: more into the unethical side of the house, whereas before they were like, "This is just how we do." This it. is
1: how, Yeah. This is just how business we do business. Yeah. 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 Those have been exposed so now more now. The
2: whole boycotting companies now.
1: Right. 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 And,
2: and how a Society. Yeah. I
1: mean, just more awareness about, uh, you know, child labor and, you know, just lots of different things that companies are I mean, doing. This
2: too um, is, is how the uh, economic situation of the times. So as you look at, uh, as baby boomers, our grandparents and maybe some of our parents lived through the depression. And so we hear stories of that. So that work ethic is kind of that baton that's passed mm-hmm. on. Um, these folks don't know what it means to go out go um, without food, for yeah. the most part, you know, in right. a society. Right. So they're looking at, well, I want, you know, I want meaning in my, my job versus someone, right. like, just
3: give me a job. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. no, that's that's true. And that so can definitely different. shape, yeah, Yeah. it can shape the way you see it. Probably that's true. now that's
3: only Xers, because we're the generation that was in between, and we are the ones yeah. that made the millennials, you did. Because well, of, we
1: shared it with the boomers. I mean, the range, we, we you have, have boomers and so Xers. We,
3: we, we, because the mindset of us growing up as kids was we want to make it better for our kids. Yeah, we want them to the right. Struggles we had. And we definitely contributed to this because we're the ones who try to make things so much better for our kids behind us. Now.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I think it's good for us to sort of own what each generation, how we contribute to the good and the, the struggles. Here's a few things to think about struggles with millennials. So this was, these first three were written by a millennial uh, writer. She posted onto this Odyssey media site, but so she's reflecting on her own generation as a millennial. She said, number one, we compare ourselves to Photoshopped, made up women and men in magazines with bodies that are simply impossible without major surgery. She She said, that's number one thing that we struggle with as millennials. Number two, We put ourselves into millions of dollars in student loan debt every year because there's a notion that without a college degree, you cannot go very far. Uh, So she's really speaking to that one about how, you know, every single person in that generation thinks we all have to get a four-year college degree and yet now they're flooding, it, there's just not capacity for the job market to handle that many of those types of jobs. So a shortage a, of
2: trade.
1: Right, a huge shortage of trade jobs. So, so she's speaking to that, and that now they have all this debt, all this student loan right. debt, which the student loan debt for the millennial generation is just huge right there's
8: now. interesting book on that that a guy wrote. He went to Harvard and he actually used his Harvard degree and everything he learned there to prove, like, Mathematically, that going to Harvard was a financially bad decision.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's that's really interesting. (laughs) Oh wow, that's very ironic, yes. (laughs) Uh, Number three, it says, we attribute our value, so again, about the topic we're looking at today, by the likes, comments, and followers we have on social media. So those are three things that she observed about her own generation. And then a couple more to add on to that. Uh, Many in the millennial generation grew up with unrealistic expectations, being told that they could be whatever they wanted to be. And they are now experiencing a different reality. So they grew up, you know, and the the common thing is be whatever you want to be. Yeah, I mean, you know, so they grow up thinking it's all about what I decide to be. And now as they're reaching adulthood, now they're into their 20s and early 30s. They're like, okay, it's not quite (laughs) what I was told as a child, kind of figuring this out. And then lastly is depression, loneliness, and panic attacks are all significantly more characteristics of today's 20-somethings and probably early 30s than of preceding generations at that same age that they're observing. Yeah. And a lot of that is the media now that, they, that a lot of millennials really have spent their life growing up with. So anyway, um, so those are some things on that. And then we'll uh, look at Gen Z. So this is our current generation Uh, It's also called iGen. Gen Z has a couple different names, seven to 22 year olds. So a few things about them. Um, They want to co-create culture and they do. In 2015, the market research firm conducted a study on 12 to 24 year olds. The company's top conclusion, the post-internet generation doesn't simply consume entertainment. They help create and shape it. So they want to, you know, they go in and they're creating things and posting and putting out there. They're influencing what's out there in the Internet world. So that's a that's a whole new thing that Gen Z really is growing up doing. Um, Change is welcomed by Generation Z with limitless information at the fingertips. Gen Z has a lot of knowledge and exposure to many topics. With this breadth of knowledge, they constantly seek new ideas and experiences. They'll change direction on a dime without a second thought leaving some of the older generations shaking their heads, trying to keep up. <laughs> so that you can see can be a source of, oh, wow. How do we work through this? Uh, number three, diversity doesn't even register with Gen Z. They've grown up in a diverse world and it's all they know. Neither race, sexuality, sexuality, orientation, nor religion are the identifying characteristics that they may have been for previous generations. People are just people to Gen Z. So all that's just kind of sort of not, not a not a thing. It's just like, yeah, there's just people, there's all different categories, but they're just people. Number four, they've always been wired. They've never known a world without the internet or cell phones. Younger Zeds have never known a world without smartphones. Google has always existed. They take Wi Fi for granted. So just imagine how that shapes you as you grow up in that world. That makes me uh?
9: think of our kids, yeah. like whatever they'll take their little like leaf. You know, leaf pads or whatever in the car, and they'll be like, But it's not working! Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you in the car, you don't have the internet, and they're like, Well, why you get internet in front the car? Right. I'm like, yeah, you, can't. you can't, you have to wait till you get home. Yeah. I had to like explain
1: this Right, no, you're right. That's just their world. Yep. That's what's We're normal. a typewriter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would totally freak him out, man. Like, what? <laughs> John, can you imagine having to use that? I've had nightmares
10: where I've made like a mistake on the last page or like the last word of a page and then been like, I have to restart this whole page because of a typewriter. Yeah. So I, think, I would
1: never would have finished
10: anything. I would still be in high school.
1: Dude, people that got their doctorates back in those days, I mean... Well done. I mean like, wow, (laughs) that is impressive. All right. Just a few struggles. So um, this was really there's a lot of research being done on Gen Z right now. And what they're seeing is this dramatic increase in mental health issues with the age of the smartphone becoming a thing. Around 2012, when it when everybody had one and they're seeing this huge difference in the statistics they are looking at mental health. So number one, surveys have found that spending more time on social media and other screen activities correlates strongly with lower levels of happiness and higher feelings of loneliness, levels of depression, and risk of suicide. So that's that's number one thing of just this constant world of screens. Number two, tweens, uh, I have no idea, I've, I'm probably not pronouncing her name right, but she's done a lot of research too on this Gen Z, twin J, twin J, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's definitely not right, but attributes uh, much of the harm of social media to what the internet knows as which is what fear of missing out, fear of missing out. Uh, or uh, you're missing out on the fun that everyone else seems to be having. And cyberbullying is also That's a major culprit. You're constant, you, you don't never manage. can just be content in your current work, what you're doing because you're always aware now of all the other fun everyone else is having. Yeah. And you have this just angst in you. We talk
3: about that cyber all the time, how when we were kids, you know, you have to be face to face with the bully for them to bother you. And if you saw them, you could, least, you could always go around them. It was more of a physical thing. Yeah. But in the cyberbullying, not only can that one bully bully you, but all their friends can jump on. And yeah. You can't escape because you have this device that breaks. Right.
1: Out. Yeah. And it's 24 hour access and to you problem basically problem. all the time.
2: You're not even in front of them. You know, and yeah. I, I'll tell you, I work at Texas Children's. We're, we're trying to develop, we're, we're really growing our developmental medicine. Department, psychology, psychiatry. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it even here in the woods. We just a couple of years ago built a, a hospital here in the EC. We're we're trying to get psychologists in there because we're seeing such an issue with attempted suicides right. and all those right. kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a concern that we're, we're trying. Yeah.
1: To well, I mean, good for y'all. I mean, it, we need more and more emphasis on is, on that mental a, health.
2: There's not enough professionals. Right. You know, it's like yeah it's one of these things that the schools or the medical there's there's not
1: i was reading an article they're talking about on a recently on a college campus there's a guy who was having these really major suicidal depressing thoughts calls the college uh counseling service says hey i really need to see somebody and because they only have like maybe one per i mean just so severely understaffed they're like well you'll have to come next week sometime because i'm totally booked (laughs) and he commits suicide over the weekend yeah I mean, you know, it's just we don't have enough people really helping in this area. Yeah.
9: So why don't if it's such a huge epidemic? Why aren't we as parents doing more and saying no and not letting our children have these yeah. devices or limiting the
6: times? Why is that so hard for parents? Is it because they're
1: working and the kids are at home alone? I think there's it's just yeah. easier. Like, yeah, police more police convenient.
6: Police.
5: I think there's a lack of
9: desire to actually parent, like, and I feel like since, I guess, uh, millennials are a lot of the parents of younger kids now, they haven't really grown up in a time where they haven't had, uh, you know, they haven't had to, they weren't made to, you know, like, go do stuff without it, like, they weren't made to, like, just go outside and entertain yourself, just sit here in the car and look out the window, or just, so they're used to having, like, something new, so they're like, oh, well, I need to have these things for my children to entertain themselves. We also live in this world where we have all this information. We, we know there's a problem. It's true. Well, there's also the yeah. tendency to keep your head in the sand. You don't want to think about those things that are bad. You don't want to – it's much easier to give this – you know, give your iPad to your child instead of, like – because the parents have to do more work. If you don't have that to entertain right, your right. kid, you have to think, you know, you have to push them to go outside. You have to train yeah. them how to entertain themselves. You have to, you know, show them that you're not gonna just give in to, you have to put up more resistance. And I think that people yeah. have less of a desire or motivation to do that. Since they're so busy, um, it's just easier to fall into. Not that I think it's okay at all, but I yeah. think that that,
1: but I you're, yeah, lot, right? no, I, I think that's, this that's good. Cigarette smoking.
2: You know, there's one generation that was really cool. Then they started finding out, hey, oh, yeah. smoking is not good for you. Yeah, and that's so true. You've got all that's these true. warnings. Mm-hmm. I think we didn't, a generation didn't realize. Oh, yeah,
1: we can just no, I think you're job. exactly it's right.
9: Quiet. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good, and
9: actually, with good the, analogy. With the technology thing that David did last week, she was talking about how this generation that's younger now, like the post-internet generation right. is kind of over. They see the effects of uh, being on your phone all day, of yeah. being on your uh, your computer or on the internet, they, and they're resisting it and they're awesome. not wanting to yeah. fall into that. So, but I think that those people are not the people that are parents right now. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. see our yeah. child when so she's on the come. internet too much. Yeah. She, suddenly, there's just where's my kid? Because I don't know you. Yeah. So what we do is go iPad, iPhone, my room at 9 o'clock, or whatever time. Mm -hmm. She turns in the the informational devices. Yeah, no, that's... back, and you know that book you used to read? Yeah. Go work
1: on it. Right. And... I think you're setting a a set time. time. Yeah. limit
3: it, and all of a sudden, my daughter comes back. Right, yeah. The girl I knew from a couple of days ago is suddenly back, because she gets all... she was she was talking to me this morning, she wants to go to a different high school now because of all these negative things that happen at her school with yeah. gangs, fightings, people being pregnant, uh, drugs, people selling she's like, Dad, I just I don't feel safe now. Yeah. So
1: yeah.
3: And then all that stuff's coming in through this device she has and definitely changes who she is and, and it yeah. You have to yeah. be able to see that and like you say, don't don't stick the head in the sand and do something. Yeah. So and be willing to like be, get on the floor yeah, and play. She you causes kids. her parental units. Be willing to be the parental unit. Yeah.
1: And as a parent, it's a whole new world we're operating in. Yeah. You know, you it wasn't our parent you know, like for me, my parents, it's it, this technology thing is not anything they really had to deal with. You know, it's it's new territory that we're having to educate ourselves on and stay on top of and figure out how we parent through it. So it's it's not easy, you know, but it's a it's an issue. James. Well, I'm
8: not totally sure how relevant this is. Um, but there was a a study that they did on um, gambling addiction, and what they found out through the study was that um, the addiction actually didn't have to do with them winning, it actually had to do with them losing. That they were addicted to the losing process, hmm. um, and that that was what was keeping them there. Uh, it wasn't that they were winning. I'm not. I didn't really understand it, but that was kind of the thing that they were really trying to push: was that people are addicted to to losing things, yeah. um, and I guess one of the aspects of that I've been thinking about is I've been wondering how much of this um, is some aspect like an addiction, you know, of of there's a negative emotional impact that's going on, um, and that they are they are getting something out of it um, that is like an emotional reaction that they're getting to feel for it as opposed to nothing, like the the fear of missing out. I would think on the opposite side of that. I mean, in prison, I mean the worst. Punishment that they have for you—a solitary confinement. Right, Human right. Human beings hate being isolated alone and isolated. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering if, like, even though this is, like, bad, that they are, they're, they're addicted to this process.
1: Well, it's in it, and part of it, it's any kind of attention. You know, it's like if you get attention from constantly posting that I'm depressed, that I am, you know, you're, you're putting these kind of. Mental illness struggles out there. People are reacting to you, and Facebook is more. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like you said last week, exactly. So, and, and kind of what we've been talking about. You know, 46 percent more 15 to 19 year olds committed suicide in 2015 than 2007. So that's a dramatic rise. Stunning. 31 percent more eighth and tenth graders felt lonely in 2015 than in 2011. Along with 22 percent more 12th graders. So teens are now lonelier. This is, you know, as they do surveys with teens than at any time since they started this particular survey in nineteen ninety one. So there is just loneliness epidemic in the connected age that we're in, we have right? A center uh, in Texas Children's
2: Trauma and Grief Center.
1: Okay, and it's yeah. All, uh,
2: Julie Caplow does. I mean, it's literally a center within one of our sections. So, yeah. It's, it's so that
1: speaks to really? the, yeah the epidemic we're in. And then this was, I thought, an interesting quote: the paradox of iGen or Gen Z and optimism and self-confidence online that covers a deep vulnerability, even depression in real life. So there's kind of this dual life that they, they, they sometimes project this kind of this great looking image on the outside and they put a lot of work into the photo they're going to post or whatever. But inside there's really this deep, you know, kind of hurt that's going on and loneliness that they feel. Um, so that's kind of a breakdown. I want to, um, Uh, So just a lot of, I think it's interesting, helps us understand each other better and kind of the world we we grew up in. Uh, We don't have a ton of time, but I wanted to look at, you know, part of the outline that Josh had kind of built for this class was, you know, kind of laying out some data, the generations around the topic. And this was just a chance to look at briefly, what are some friction points that we may, as, as we think about these generations in the church and we're working together to carry out God's mission for us. What could be some friction points? So one of them I thought about might be this one. What's more important, honoring tradition or bringing in new ideas? Can you give examples, you know? This is something we got to wrestle with in the church, right? As we're trying to carry out God's work. What what do y'all think about any any just quick thoughts on that, you know? What is the right balance? Okay, what you wear.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Seriously>, what <happened? laughs> when I grew up, I was wearing a suit to church with my parents.
1: Yeah. And
2: it,
5: we had a moment with our 10 year old. He had a hat on and I was like, oh my gosh, if we were walking into the Baptist church in Brownsboro, Texas, grandpa would have been, you know, been mean, that take that. Off. But, <laughs> yeah. I said, like, "You can't wear that. And she was like, I think you can. I'm like, I don't know, can he? You
2: know, I like, just had no a moment. Women <laughs> wore hats in church. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because you can't leave your head uncovered yeah, <laughs> real old school. I mean, it's like, yeah, so fabulous. yeah. So change, you know, again, you think about what we just learned about one extreme, the baby boomers. This is one of their top values is honoring tradition. Mm-hmm. Then you go to Gen Z, who just changes, to consume change all the time. And, no you know, if something is a week old, it's old-fashioned. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Mutually
0: exclusive. That's the problem, I think. everybody thinks everything is mutually exclusive. I can have new ideas that still honor tradition, right? And that's, that's what it comes down to. It's now. just got to find the, yeah. the balance, the middle ground. The, yeah. the, an application. What a yeah. Gen X thing. <laughs>
1: aren't y'all glad for the gen xers we're the peacemakers we're bringing everybody together come on no, it's always
3: been said it's all an application it's like saying please be quiet or yelling shut up
1: you did the same thing but the
3: application yeah. was definitely creating a different result well, right the question for me is when you're talking
10: about that is is the tradition itself what's valuable or is the tradition protecting something that's worth maintaining yeah so we can change the means or the method and just keep the same value.
1: Uh, yeah, that's we have good. to keep the, that's method, good.
10: the method itself sacred. And so, I mean, one, honestly, one big one around the church world is Sunday schools. Sunday schools mm-hmm. do not fit the modern kind of church goer. And so, this is where most people go one hour. And something Stonebridge has been talking to them for a while and how you guys are going to adapt to that. Right. But that conversation that's unique to Stonebridge, it's going across every church in the U.S.
1: Yeah, yeah.
10: And so, you have to ask that question like, what is it that Sunday schools is trying to hold on to? And is Sunday schools still the best method for that? And so on.
1: That's a really, that's a great example. Yeah, that is. And I think, Whatever your generation is and kind of whatever your leaning is, I think just, you know, trying to realize that about yourself, realize where the other generations are coming from. And I think together, there's a lot of power that can happen as we come together because I think there's strengths, as you can see, in each generation brings. I
3: can be wrong, but sometimes I think honoring tradition is more about keeping a control, keeping things in control. It
1: can be, Um, yeah. The
3: fear of like kind of going off somewhere where times the shoe you wear is, is comfortable.
1: Yeah, I think there's a there's definitely a comfort level that we have in that for sure too. Um, I'm to lose
10: there, I oh, yeah. yeah, I don't think we explain why we do traditions anymore.
1: Yeah, like, that's one of, right. one of my
10: favorite things is passing the plate, and I've said this before, but like we pass the plate, you know, Sunday mornings we do com, uh, communion. But the reason that was started was by Martin Luther, and it was actually to express the person that your neighbor is your priest. So you are symbolically hmm. saying, I'm going to pray for you when you pass somebody the plate. You're supposed to hold it for them. And while they take their communion, which is, to me, is that a sacred purpose.
1: That's really cool. I didn't know that. So thank you. Yeah, but we yeah. don't do that. So right. status, it's just like,
10: well, here it comes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> We've always done it this way. Yeah. This is what we do. Right. So it loses that
8: value.
1: Yeah. That's that's a great example. A yeah, Jane, Um you?
8: There's kind of a, I feel like there's a, another question that's being big by both of those questions, which is the, uh, what do we, why, why are we asking those questions? Why honor tradition or why bring new ideas? That yeah. what, does that, what does that give us? Um, and I guess in some ways, I mean, we could go to the, you know, the cutting the both ends off the, the turkey. <laughs>
1: right, story, that story. Right, right. Like, yeah. Like, like there's yeah. a tradition
8: that's there that could be honored, but maybe having that, well, as you know, John said, like um, talking about it, like okay, let's honor the tradition, but let's bring some ideas in about why are we having this tradition in the first place. And just bringing that bringing that tradition into the present moment and really going over and talking about this is why we're cutting off both ends of the turkey.
1: Yeah, I love that. No, I think those are those are really, really good insights. So let me just throw through a couple more of these. Um, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about that. I, may skip, you know, I think, though, this is another one is, you know, what types of programs should the church be focused on? You know, and I think it can kind of relate to what we talked about that. So let me skip through just for a moment. What about this one? What is the best way to give feedback and show appreciation to someone you're working with. How often? Let's you know. Let's again say you've got a team that has all generations represented currently in a church. They're working together on something. The church said this is important. We're going to work on it. But if you think about how we derive our worth, how we uh, you know the things we value, what are some insights on how do we give each other feedback? How do we work together?
8: Taking time to make sure that people feel understood.
1: The yeah. that's good
8: why are you thinking that way and really being able to reflect back to them yes. in your own words, this is, I feel like this is why you're doing this and why you value that that connection of feeling understood, I think is like a universal yeah. like we all want to feel understood and what we're doing is has value
1: awesome, that's awesome oh, Oreo, method. Oreo method oh, okay, which is what? starting with something good and positive that they're
11: doing well
9: then kind of working your way into something that you don't agree with and then following up with another thing that they do so like
3: well. like a good thing. Positive reinforcement. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Good. That's good. I
9: think like remembering and finding first like setting common goals you know like because I feel like especially in an area like a church there we all have like we should all have the same goals or like the same you know like core goals with you know like spreading the gospel showing people love Um, So I feel like it's important to uh, communicate what those are first and then go to those, you know, try to meet those together. Yeah. I mean, there may be different ways of doing it, um, but remembering that there's those and, like, recognizing when someone, you know, is striving to meet those is doing a good job of, like, meeting those
1: yeah that's that's good it, well you're establishing that common ground right off yeah, the bat yeah. like hey guys we're,
9: we're all on the same team. let's
1: not start with our differences we tend to yeah. just go there but it's like but we have this in common in the church this is our shared mission yeah. together how do we want to do that
9: too, like, yeah because a lot of things we fight over are not that important
1: right important. right um yeah yeah. There's a, yeah
8: the body of christ model um, I'm not entirely sure I've heard a lot about this when I was doing home church stuff, but it was kind of this idea that we would go into it and we'd have similar goals, but that we were all created with very different purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and instead of arguing with the ideas, understand that that per- person's purpose is very different than our own, and being able to just understand that, okay, they, that they're that they bringing that to the table, and mm-hmm. it's not something yeah. to be argued with, but to be understood, I guess it's part of the same thing.
1: I love that. You know what, we're going to skip to... Um, that real quick. Cause we're running short. I always do this. I never give myself enough time. Um, so let me just offer this as we wrap up. Okay. I feel I may be wrong. Y'all can correct me, but I feel like no matter what generation you're a part of in this room, you, pro- we, I think we all struggle with these three things. One, what ways do you struggle with comparing yourself to other people? Whether you're a boomer or a Gen Zer, we may do it in different ways but i think this is something that we do sh- tend to struggle with is comparisons and that and and it relates to identity because it affects the way we see ourselves because we're comparing we're, we're drawing value how my value is based on how i compare to someone else okay so let's just say we all i think have that in common we can help each other number 2 uh what ways do you feel you need to perform in order to earn approval i think to some degree we tend to struggle with, I have to perform to be valued or to, to have worth in someone's eyes. It's about my performance. So we just have to know that is a tendency we tend to have, whether you're young or old. And then the last one here is, is the world of our minds. Maybe this is just me, but the default thoughts in my minds, if I don't meditate on scripture and truth, are not good. <laughs> they are negative, they are condemning, they are, it's just like they get, it's the devil tends to put all these thoughts in there that will destroy me and get me depressed, discouraged, feeling like a failure. I can't do anything on and on and on and on. And I think we can all say, no matter what our age, we all wrestle with those things. And so I think sometimes when it comes to identity, just saying, look guys, we all struggle with these things. And there's a common ground there together that just because, Hey, I'm a baby member. not mean, I've mastered all these questions. Like I'm this beacon of success and I've climbed the corporate ladder and I have no more struggles. It's like, no, baby boomers have the same struggles. You know, one of the coolest um, small groups we did uh, many years ago was, we took Glenn and Victoria Gilchrist at our church who I think think they're baby boomers, young baby boomers maybe, with uh, a lot of couples who were in the millennial age group. And there was this cool uh, connection though that they had across those generations. And what I heard from the younger couples in that group, from the, this older couple leading, was they love the vulnerability that this older baby boomer couple offered to them. Say, you know what, I had a lot of struggles, I still have struggles. And here's kind of how I'm, I'm working through those things. There's such a, a common ground as we're willing to be vulnerable with each other across generations that we can bring a lot of healing to each other. Um, so I want to offer that, and then let me just Uh, throw out uh, kind of a passage of scriptures. And this reminds me of what you're saying, James, a little bit. So when it comes to comparisons, just here's a thought for us today. 1 Corinthians 12. It's one of my favorites. I'm kind of a visual person. The body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and I love this part, and God has put each part just where He wants it. In an age of constant comparisons we live in, thinking I have to be just like that person to have value, I feel like this is a wonderful truth. It's saying God made you exactly how you are, and there's a purpose you have in the body of Christ. He placed you there. You're not supposed to be that. You're not supposed to be that person. You're not supposed to look like that. You are who you are because God placed you there, right? And I think we all need to hear that no matter what our generation is.
8: This verse was super important. I'm, I don't know if I mentioned I'm a suicide survivor and this verse became really, really critical to hmm. me. I went wow. through a period where wow. um, I couldn't, there's this mentality I think in our culture where it's like if you're a man, uh, you take care of yourself, you're for yourself, you go and you get a job and you work. Nine to five, and if you can't do that, then you are not considered a man. Like our culture. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I went through many years where I just I couldn't do that. I couldn't be there on time, and I was terrible when I was there, and I just I was I was really bad at. It. And after one job, it was just like this is it. I'm gonna end up being a burden on everyone in my family, hmm. everyone in my hmm. life, for the rest of my life. And I had an uncle who like was kind of shunned because he was the same way. Um, so anyways, I yeah. Wow. Attempted suicide. My buddy. Thank God, happened to call me in the middle of it an and wow. called an ambulance to save my life. But um, after that, um, I was sitting in the hospital and I was reading the Bible, and I came across this. Hmm. I just had this like, wow. I'm not. I'm something else and I didn't know what it was for many years until wow. I figured out what it was which is I'm I'm not a nine-to-five person but I am very much a project-oriented person yeah and I can yeah. throw my whole heart into something for 18 hours a day for months at a time and complete that project uh, which is what has allowed me to retire but if I held on to what you know if I was trying to be an ear the whole time I would have yeah. I would have never yeah. discovered that I was something else
3: yeah I tell my kid I love so everything. good First, tell me I don't do this good I don't do this. <laughs> so the thing to look for and including including everything you are. Yeah. So I love you for all that I you love love, that. So don't ever forget that, that yeah. if you can't do some. You're not any less loved or less valued. Yeah.
2: You're not as good as somebody else. And yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. We're constantly absorbing information. I think it's a matter of how much time are we spending in the in the Bible, the eternal information right. versus the temporal information of society that wants to sell us something. Right, right. And and it can, anyone, any of the generations can fall into a trap and not spending enough time with with the Word of His Word. Yeah,
1: that's right. That applies for all all of us, right? That's why I wanted to end with the Word of God. Um, You know, I love this for performance, a classic passage, Ephesians 2. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done or performed, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. You know, when we struggle with, I have to perform to earn God's love, isn't it great to know it is all about grace? And and even the works we do... God had already planned those. We just get to walk in them by His Spirit, right? Isn't that amazing? Like even these, as a as a child of God, these are works that He's working through us. Um, so anyway, just a great reminder. I think as we struggle all together with performing to have value, it's good to remember that. And then lastly, um, I love Romans eight, um, but you know even. With negative thoughts. And there's so many things. I think Scripture memory obviously is so critical for combating negative thoughts. But uh, the end of chapter 7 actually says, uh, what a wretched man I am. Paul reflecting on this. Why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do, that whole thing? Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my simple nature a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a huge one, right? And then skipping to 15 and 16 in chapter eight, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And I think I just want to wrap up with that one because I think so much of the negative negativity in our minds comes from the devil the devil in Revelation 12 is called the, uh, the deceiver, deceives the whole world, and the accuser of the brethren. And I think he does that all the time in our heads. He accuses us and he deceives us. You know, I think this is a critical one. There is no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus because of what he did. And that we are his children. Like we belong to him. That is, we, we are part of the family of God. And no matter what negative thoughts come in there to come back to that center foundation, I think is huge for all of us. So anyway, sorry to go over a little bit. Let me pray for us and then we'll let you guys, let you guys go. Father, we thank you so much, uh, Lord, for this opportunity um, over these last many weeks to just come together as generations. I thank you for all the generations present in our church and just the immense value that each one brings, the unique perspective, the different giftings you've given and Lord, I pray you would help us as a church to continue to embrace these different uh, groups, and that we would be unified and one around your purpose for your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, Amen. Mm-hmm. All right, thanks, guys. Thank
2: you. Okay. That's great. Yeah.
1: Feeling like a boomer when I got up there. <laughs> feeling like a boomer when you got up. <laughs> nice. I felt like a boomer this morning, man. <laughs> Alright, so. I'll,
0: I'll text you and Yeah. see what <laughs> like, schedule
1: Alright, and if it's just you and me, then you All and right. me, man. Show you the okay. Coils. Yeah. Coils. I showed you the pictures. Yeah, Did you get your problem. Yeah. So we work yeah. um, yeah. so um, 12 days. I work 12 hours, 6 days. Eight, and then 6 hours of slept yeah. No. Hey, thanks. Thanks for all the input, man. That It's fun. fun topics. Yeah.
2: Um, you talk, you know, even Jesus was tempted, you know, he took up on the mountain, he hadn't eaten, and so he's like, oh. the deceiver, was trying to deceive a little bit. He, he some scripture, and I think that's what's so important. pull up continue to be grounded, because yeah. you're yeah. right. You want I, knows, I think I know myself better than anybody else yeah, or actually the one like, who yeah. created me knows me better than I know. That's that's so true. That's yeah. so true. That's, that's, that's so true. we have to be reminded. And right. if we don't get in His word, I'm a child of God, I no God. matter what. Yeah. Hey, I do. He has blessed me with certain gifts, so like spiritual gifts, and, yeah. and I'm each and every this. one of us, whether you're a millennial or a next gen,
8: yeah. You know, baby boom. That.
1: Right. The way it is, so. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Good reminder. That's
0: good. You get
1: Cool. Thanks. No, thanks for the feedback. It's we're good. We came back in one piece. Yeah. We're all back. Uh, we're, Emily's wrapping up her, um, uh, I guess I should turn this off and see. We've talked
10: about going before. She's
1: wrapping up her, um, evidence tour right now. Yeah. And, um,
10: she's getting, we can figure out how to get out your tower.
1: Great. Um, she is in, um, she's going into 10th grade. So, yeah, about to stop. I know, it's crazy, right? So, uh, she's wrapping up her evidence tour with the youth choir in Memphis. So, uh, but uh, been a little bit of a struggle. yeah. Um, she, uh, just anxiety and some things she's wrestling with. And then she I think she's had a virus, like, like, like the whole week, like a stomach thing. So, it's been a, little <laughs> a little bit of a rough trip. Yeah,
2: both of your kids are in that, um, or the two of the three are in that, that stage, different, different, you know, identif- identity. and yeah. Yep. All that. And so I pray for you. And yeah. Thanks. Oh, please. I mean, yeah.
6: yeah. yeah I, you know, it's
2: like we all. None of us are perfectly ready like for, for, for those things. Yeah.
6: yeah.
1: Yeah. It really is a whole new frontier so we're on can. trying to navigate all that. So, uh, but you yeah, know, I think I do feel like we're becoming at least more aware of. Yeah, you can do that the impact that screens are having yeah, on the kids for sure. Yeah, you just time to like yeah, just do something, like, something about it. I so, like, yeah, so yeah. I mean? All right, thanks, buddy. Y'all have a good, good, day. All good, 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 day. good yeah. day. All right, see you, man. He was like, Oh, we got this plot of
0: land that cleared out a bunch of trees. I want to do
10: something here. Yeah, let
5: me make a labyrinth
10: for
9: people to
5: enjoy. Yeah, that would How big is it?
10: We do he
9: was telling us like he would have to kind of like
10: show us through it. Yeah. But it is like, he was I mean, talking about the math behind it. It's all medieval math that they came up with. and They used to use it like in cemeteries and all these different kind of things. That's
1: interesting. But it's like once you figure out the formula, you can actually make like new routes to it and stuff like that. What's up? I heard me, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it might be me, I know. Look out. <laughs> so, y'all are the, are y'all millennials? Is that what generation you guys are in? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
9: Actually,
1: there's a term called yeah.
9: It's
7: between
1: 1980 yeah. and 1985. Oh! And oh a zennial. zennial. Okay,
7: interesting. Yeah, because that's...
1: That is the other thing. I feel like if you're on the extreme end of one of them, then you tend to probably have a blended kind of feel.
9: how
1: we go? It was good, man. It was fun. Still learning how to use all this Prezi stuff, but, you know. Trying yeah, to make it work. Oh, no. uh, very limited. Oh, like, just, uh, just only for the favorite two favorite. times I've taught in one of your classes. It's the only time I've ever used it. Yeah, you should
0: use it, man. It's actually yeah. really easy. It's
1: nice. Yeah, it's just, it's just a little bit of a learning curve getting used it's to, it's really cool to it. Uh, but but it, it's, it's pretty user-friendly, though. Pretty, I mean, especially like when it creates uh, thing for you. Like,
0: push things up, so, push things up, so, so like cool thing. Yeah, that part.
1: That is true. Yeah, it has a lot of things built into it design-wise. Yeah, yeah.
10: I want to say it's a puzzle box, and then yeah. Christian Jones yeah, is actually making
5: like, a puzzle okay. box. Is this your wife? Yes. Oh, hi, I'm Micah. Nice to meet
9: you. I'm meeting. John. It's a pleasure.
8: He's a real person. Yeah. He's, He's a, a what? what? A realtor? He's a real person. person. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I meet mean, I mean a lot of people and then I tell her, oh, i am meeting with this person. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I would say, uh, I tell him, since you guys want to get him in the whole day. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Do you have a babysitter? That you guys like? Yes, we yes. live with one. Call my parents.
9: Yeah, because we live. That's call my But Also, I work in childcare, so I have like the numbers to a lot of the uh, really good
8: background checked uh, Okay, Because so that's so. been something we've been.
9: Our
12: babysitter is going yeah. like off to college. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh so really? Like, oh yeah. What are we gonna do now? Yeah. We're gonna go anywhere. Um,
9: so you know who Sherry is? Like who's over the children's? Like do you put your kids in yes. childcare? How yeah. yeah. old are your kids? At all? Okay, yeah. So, Sherry and Lisa, uh, like the ladies who stand down there at the chicken. okay? Oh, you know, they're
1: So, how are the new floors uh, working for you guys? Like your 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 new Harvey floors. Oh,
6: lovely. <laughs> I know. Okay. <laughs> I keep telling mom
9: something's going to fall. I I the tree have trouble my roof or have
1: all my See, that's what that's the only problem with home improvements. Then you start looking at the rest of your house and like, "Hmm, what about this?" <laughs> it's like you notice it more.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, well,
9: yeah, we moved in that house in 88, and the upstairs, so we should, yeah, really, we haven't done anything like
10: a to Yeah,
0: yeah.
9: But these yeah. Really But yeah, and we had talked about yeah. the downstairs for yeah. a long time, putting yeah. in some new floors
1: downstairs. Yeah, we yeah. So Harvey, I said that was yeah. a blessing in a way, because... Kind of pushes you, know, you to, have,
10: yeah, to we yeah, we have to do something, yeah. Something yeah. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I think I had to take out tile.
1: So so you had you had tile? Was, was your floor downstairs?
8: In. I mean, <laughs> oh. Right.
6: We and
9: everything
0: were... else was
1: What did okay now? What did y'all? What kind of floor did y'all did y'all put down? Uh, oh laminate wood. Yeah okay, yeah. 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 yeah.
9: We really like. We
1: it. did we did a laminate wood on our downstairs yeah. too. Yeah.
12: What, what do we do
8: figure do? if it floods yeah. again, it'll be easy to take on. Yeah, they just pop <laughs> it <laughs> in, pop it out.
9: <laughs> We were gonna do the wood tile.
8: And
1: yeah, that's ceramic. Yeah. So expensive, so, yeah, you know. it is, and it's uh, it's it's hard to do yourself, and if you, it's more expensive to pay yeah. someone to do it too. Yeah.
9: And it's yeah. uh, you know it supposedly yeah. would go through the flood okay. Yeah. But you never know sometimes that there might be some sort that of
1: That is true. Hard to tell. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: know
5: all the tile <laughs> we
0: took up was all. It, it, it's died. a rare wasn't, thing for me. It like, moisture under so. there at all.
9: But yeah, so yeah. now it's all yeah. the all
1: upstairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
9: So we need to put new carpet some upstairs
1: and, and, and upstairs. So yeah,
9: and that's, paint, yeah. Which we changed paint
8: uh, colors because it went from, we kind of, we went from the, kind of the, the brown stuff.
1: Like, well, you know, you got to keep, if you keep both, it's like a walk through time, right? That's
6: the way it is.
12: We, we haven't gone through the mob yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And it might be by the time we do get yeah,
8: oh,
1: yeah.
9: the ground is yeah, back it while, <laughs> right. uh, nice green.
0: Green.
1: That's it. It is amazing now, looking back on some of the colors from the '70s, yeah. and the, I mean, yeah. it's like we thought that looked good. I know. Like really? Just like the avocado so appliances, the
9: appliances. green blinds. Yeah,
1: and like some weird stuff, like pink toilets and stuff in the uh, bathrooms and and i guess that more 60s right yeah Yeah, i guess that that's probably the pink was probably the the pink toilet yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's like wow really <laughs> and just some of the designs you know like uh-huh. i mean of course everybody wants the open concept now yeah, and all yeah. that stuff yeah. but it was very different back i mean yeah. it was like very sectioned right. off yes. and yeah.
6: it's funny some of our
9: relatives even had like the yeah, was actually a, this a great this uncle of mine the i guess you'd say had like the, like the dog run house where it was all opened
1: down oh down yeah yeah the yeah, real yeah
8: Opening beyond to just that, yeah. That was, yeah. And yeah. like, no, all, but <laughs> so
1: well, that that is a if, good point. Yeah. yeah, you were to design a house differently yeah. if you don't have AC. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that is true. Yeah, so, oh, but yeah,
9: it'll be funny to people up. In the future, what
1: they'll look at. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll look at that. Yeah, why would you want all this open space? Like, so weird. Um, we have one cul-de-sac that's kind of the low point um, in our neighborhood that does tend to flood, but most of our neighborhood does okay. So, hey, I'm good. How are you? Are you teaching today? Yes. Okay, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes ready. he's clear ready clear man clear out the room <laughs> 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 hey you know some people may be all right with that <laughs> right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice I like it
13: uh, I'm
1: back yes uh, yeah, we um, mainly for me it was uh, Zambia for about nine days. That was the late June, and then we were in Georgia for a while too. Kind of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but everything's pretty much wrapped up now. So, it's just getting ready for school to get back started and all that. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, our kids start, yeah, I think like the 14th of August. Yeah, yeah. So, a little over two weeks or so. So, and my wife's a teacher, so she's really like having to gear up. Yeah, she'll have one more week. This is a hard time of year for her. She starts to get a little depressed. Like, my summer's over. <laughs> she's at Woodlands Christian Academy. Yeah, so. She teaches pre K, the real little ones. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, I could, not, I could not do what she does, that's for sure. It's pretty physically draining. So I a lot of yeah, I think every age has its challenges for sure uh, I mean the, the nice thing about pre-k is you're not having to grade papers and stuff So at least you don't have that aspect Yeah, for the most part it I think the pre-k it's physically draining because you're constantly redirecting and you're always on your feet and they are very It's their first socialization kind of time. So, a lot of them, you know, especially if you're an only child and everything's your way all the time, and now you're told to fall in line and. Listen to somebody and get along with all these other people who are playing with the toy. I want to play with yeah. yeah. So you can imagine how.
6: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's pretty small. She'll have I think ten or eleven kids. So so that part's nice. But all it takes is one kid that can derail everything. <laughs> there's been there's it seems like there's always one or two that you're like wow just full out temper tantrums all the time. That's what's hard is like you got to deal with this. This child that's out of control but you still got to teach these other nine kids who are waiting on your direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: that is. No, that is the challenge right now. Yeah, that's exactly right. And a lot of times the child can do no wrong. Oh, yeah. And so they right. think, well, it must be your fault as the teacher. You're doing something to them. My little yeah. Johnny would never do that. Yeah. or I was like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, it's challenging. Yeah, you say so. Yeah,
13: right. What
1: was it called? All right. This is going to be Everybody changes I was like, well, Yeah.
4: Walking in. Technology, entertainment,
0: design, I think is the
1: I'm so glad you guys do these classes. Yes, yeah, it's so really nice. Yeah, good. Oh, well, I'm, it's good to hear the feedback. I mean, um, we actually, um,
8: I for, uh, uh, yeah,
1: we that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a particular. Yeah. I think just the, the real focused energy on a kind of more current event or, you know, just things that we really are facing in our culture and society. I think it's interesting to look at that. And the different yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Um, Cause there's a, you know, yeah, even preparing for this it really hit me like there is a lot of Changes. There's a lot of things we do we don't yeah. even think about that we're alienating each other across generations. Yeah. And yet there's so much potential that's coming together to there's there's a lot of real strengths in each generation that we bring to the table that we can really learn from. And instead uh, of
13: looking
1: at them to say, you know, like,
11: I've, I've really I like the well, they have to just just to <laughs> I watched that.
1: But he sees yeah. things, things yeah. different because he has a living Yeah. Yeah.
13: So it's not necessarily his fault. He will learn as he grows that,
1: you
13: know, yeah. like all the little munchkins that are Democrats now. <laughs> or whatever, they think, you know, they yeah. open borders and, you know, why not and all this stuff. And they don't they don't think of the consequences of that.
1: Yeah, they lack the perspective.
13: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
13: It so kind of
0: gets you a little bit more. Um, ten- you look at like a smaller compassion mixture.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, do it
0: 20 years. Now, yeah.
1: yeah. It
11: just sounds good. All my friends say it's great. Yeah.
1: And when we were in those years, we, we had that same spirit about us, too, yes. that exactly whatever the current thing, thing was going on, on we're going to protest it. And we're going to get in there. Yeah. Right, right. Um, Think
13: back, like, what was I like in high school,
1: mm -hmm. There you go, the peanut farmer man. You never told me that. (laughs) Confessions. (laughs) Yeah, but no, you're right. Time, time changes us and seasons us and gives us a different perspective over time, for sure. Um, Yeah. No, you're right. Our priorities shift a little bit. Yeah, our values.
13: Yeah. And I I just wondered if you think that in as number, as but we were we so, so
0: self-absorbed? Like, 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 like uh, now it's like selflessness, uh, selflessness and self that um, and, uh, and, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah. we yeah. have yeah. yeah. done that. But
7: I've heard an explanation for that. So they said the reason that they do that is because you're not going to just hand your camera off to a stranger to take your picture when you're at an event or whatever. Mm-hmm. Because that was just a camera before. <coughs> No, that's your life. You're getting your
5: cell phone. Mm. It has all your information <laughs> in it, so you're not going to have someone take a picture of you. But they yeah. look yeah. like constantly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some people on like I, we're we're on um, Instagram just because we have a bit, so so you know, otherwise we'd not be on. Instagram. But so I like go through and you we probably see
1: more people on Instagram like, honestly, because it's cool. So I mean, just these people—it's like one selfie it after another, 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 another. Here I am. Here I am. Yeah, You know, and digital photography changed a lot. I mean, when I was a kid, we had had this camera, and it had like this roll of film you put in, and we had like, what, 24 or whatever, and we're like, we got to be sparingly with my pictures I take, and I don't know how they turned out until I go develop them, and now you just, it's unlimited. You just take as many as you want. (laughs) Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I would have too. <laughs> right. Yeah.
4: What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What?
1: (laughs) Why is it my fault, (laughs) Brian? (laughs) Is it? It was. (laughs) It is. It just definitely has gotten a little chilly. But how do y'all feel? How do the different generations feel about the temperature right now? Do the baby boomers like the temperature? The Gen X like the temperature
6: is <laughs> a, a little
1: it's a little chilly it is a little chilly in here let's see <laughs> it is yeah that I think that'll warm it up a little bit
5: yeah
1: Whew, that AC is working wow yeah. How are you, nice to see you, Sharona, good to see you, I know, I like Sharona hugs.
0: Well, because there's
1: also politics. That's the one that's really hard to do. It's really hard to support all of Both the It's are you like, the… I'm the intro guy. Oh, the intro guy, cool. i <laughs>
13: I
0: think it's all up yeah, that's right. <laughs> right.
5: How did David do? Is he with a good eye man? <laughs> he's all
1: right. He's all right. right. Yeah. He can really step up I think so. I think so.
0: All right. Then we're getting ready to roll. Um, so this is our last sort of teaching week. We'll do a and A next week that uh, hopefully we can kind of touch on a lot of the different topics. Um, so we will. Uh, Wrap it up, next week will be our final week. Hopefully you guys have uh, had a good experience. Is the clipboard up here?
1: don't uh, yeah, see one.
0: Uh, we'll pass the clipboard around one last time, um, and just sign in. Um, so yeah, Brian is gonna be kind of talking to us about mental health and identity and the shifts that have taken place there over the past generations. And so, uh, excited to hear what he has to say. So let will be great, and I'm gonna run, grab that clipboard and bring it back up. And awesome. Back around. Um, Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for a chance, Lord, to to talk about (coughs) things and to talk about um, things that affect our our world and our culture, Lord. And so, um, Father, as we seek out just wisdom and, and Father, just uh, who you are, that you just give us guidance and direction. Be with Brian as he he leads us in that. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. All right. Thank you, Josh. All right. Well, my name is Brian and I'm from the mysterious generation X generation. So, so that's what you get today. Um, just to kind of get a feel for the room here. So raise your hand if you are in the silent generation. Really? We do have a nice. We got one represent Dude, no pressure, but you're representing that whole generation, my friend. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. How about baby boomers? Woo-hoo. Yeah, man, I like them. They're fired up. Yeah. Other generation Xers. Oh God, no. that's great. No. Nobody. Okay, y'all are y'all help me out a little bit if I need some help. Man, nobody. Right. Millennial. Age. Millennial generation. Oh, I'm sorry. Zennial. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Zennial.
7: Zennials.
1: What is zennial again? Five. All right. So any zennials, 80 to 85? Okay, we got a few of those. What am I again, a zennial? A zennial. We got another yeah. classification here.
5: I just reaching Well, <laughs> so just,
1: yeah. that's like a butt, right? That's we're like kind the of on the but. edge on the <laughs> of the technology, but we didn't. So we're kind of just
13: on the edge of being millennial. I learned that today. Uh, All right. Well, we, we had black and white TV and color TV, so yeah. go. Yeah.
1: That is true. Uh, let's see. Raise your hand if you have a beard.
6: <laughs>
1: beard? Raise your hand if you have a beard.
6: beard.
1: A beard. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you and Jimmy have that in common today, apparently. So awesome. And then Gen Z, any Gen Z in here, which would be like seven to twenty three. I don't think we have any Gen Z representation. Alright. So well we gotta go grab one randomly. Hey you come in here. We need you to be in this class. What's that? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, go get some gappers, some youth in here. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. We're going to jump in. So as Josh said, our topic today is value, worth, identity, kind of how we determine that. Um, And so let me just throw out a question as we get going here. So if you were simply asked to tell us about yourself. What are some details you think you might include as you as you introduce yourself, as you describe yourself? What are things that you typically say about yourself? let so throw that out. What's that? Family. So, you talk about your family, okay? Where you're from. Where you're from, yeah, that's true. What you do, what you do. okay, all right. Anything else that comes to mind that you might share about yourself? Uh, well, this, I mean,
13: if you've ever had a tragedy. I mean, because of what I've been through the past hmm. few years, I kind of start right of
1: introducing myself as I'm a cancer, cancer survivor. Cancer survivor. OK, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's become a part of really that's your a, identity. That's yeah. That's my identity. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
13: Hmm. Your hobbies,
1: maybe. Yeah. Maybe your hobbies or interests might come up. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> so cool. So we don't think about that such a basic thing. But even the way we introduce ourselves to someone else says something about what we value, how we identify as a person. Um, so uh, we're going to kind of jump into that a little bit more. Um, we're going to look at uh, some research a little bit and, and statistics about different generations. But let me throw this out. So how would you say, how does your generation, think about your generation, tend to define itself or what types of things does it tend to derive its value and worth from? let think about the generation you represent. Um,
5: work ethic.
1: Okay, work ethic. Right. Okay. Yeah.
5: For better or for
1: worse. Yeah, right. I think there's there's pros and cons probably to that, yeah. What other things tend to define or give value, you think, to your generation?
13: Well, and your, your family values, what you were taught from your parents.
1: Yeah, okay, that's good.
13: I'm not a millennial,
5: but um, my you kids sure? um, are, they value transparency,
1: okay. authenticity or, yeah. um, no, I think that's very true. Yeah, like that's good. Think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. All right, we're going to kind of jump in then and look at some different generations here. So this first thing, uh, it's about the only real chart I could find that really got into identity across generations. So the way this works, and I know y'all can't read that, um, if you can, impressive eyesight, I'm really impressed. Um, but the question they had, they, they did different generations and they, they had to fill in the blank. So just my blank is very important to my sense of self. It's feeling warm in here now again. I'm just gonna bump it down just barely. Is that okay, Lindsay? One degree?
5: <laughs> I'm having a hot
1: flash! <laughs> <laughs> We're the wavering generation. We just can't decide what we want. Golly. This is gonna be This is gonna be interesting. All right. Um, so back to this, my, cent, my blank is very important to my sense of self. So we had Gen Z, Gen X, Millennials, Boomers all answered that question. They ranked these categories which were given to them. They kind of ranked which one they would feel like was the number one. So some of the categories are my profession, my educational achievement, hobbies, pastimes, gender, sexuality, groups of friends, family, background, upbringing, religion, religious beliefs, race, ethnicity. Region I'm from, social, economic class, political affiliation. So they had to rank them. So um, here's kind of what the findings uh, kind of uh, came out. So starting with Gen Z, which we have nobody in here, but that's seven to 23 year olds. They ranked the highest among all generations in identifying themselves by professional and educational achievement, um, hobbies and pastimes and gender sex. Um, So those were kind of the the way that they tend to identify higher than any other generation. Millennials rank the highest in region I'm from, um, social economic class, political affiliation. So that's kind of how uh, it it spoke about the millennials, how they ranked them. Boomers, it said, ranked the highest in family upbringing, religion, religious beliefs. So those were two were the highest for the boomers and good old generation X didn't have the highest in anything. They're just, I'm like, come on, Gen X, just make a decision, like commit to something, man. Just, I don't know, man. They're just right in the middle in a lot of these categories. So they're kind of a blended approach. Uh, that would be like 37 to 50, kind of in there, that range. It's,
0: it's you, Brian. It's you.
1: I know. It's it's me. Do you feel like that describes me? Yeah. <laughs> Josh, what are you doing in here, man? <laughs> <end>. <laughs> I'm kind of in a little part. on the lower end. Yeah. To the
5: middle,
1: yeah. Lower to middle part. <laughs> All right. So what do y'all think? How do you react to this, you know, as you think about your own generation or what you seen in other generations. Do you agree with these insights? What additions do you have to that? I
5: mean I don't see that in my kids, but I've only got two so <laughs> what question
4: they ask for region I'm from? Like where where, where that does end that end mean from? I'm from? That's
1: way too much uh, <laughs> too, too many questions, David. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'm just excited <laughs> I'm from The Gin <laughs> <system. system. laughs>
7: <laughs> Zers haven't been married yet <laughs> or like kids so they're like I like, didn't isn't necessarily right. in their family yet. Yeah. As they're a
11: lot of times in college or
1: high school so that's their big yeah big. exactly so and i'm glad you made that point no, no. what's,
11: the uh,
1: the gen z? 21. You what's uh, about 23 is kind of what i saw in the pew research that uh, 7 to 23 is kind of how they're defining gen z right now so just like barely getting out of college and just starting into the workforce yeah um
8: James, I think with the gen X, if they have added an option or a category in there of uh,
1: tolerance. Yeah. Okay. That might have, other <laughs> ideals values. that's true. That may have, that,
8: that may have been something like, I'm wondering if maybe they just weren't asking the question that was high on the gen X's values. Thank list. Thank
1: you. See, we, gen X's, we, we do know what we believe. You we just weren't asking us the right questions. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for throwing a bone to me there. Um, I mean, so yeah, so basically, um, um, yeah, I think these are, uh, these are interesting. I think they, they do give some insight into kind of how, and I think to your point, what we have to sort of take into consideration when we're talking about generations is that each of these generations is also at a stage of life that if boomers were where Gen Z is now, if we were looking at them, there would probably be some more similarities that would line up with Gen Z. So some of that does factor in. Like when you are in college, there's certain things that are defining you more than when you're later in your adulthood, for instance. So I think you do have to factor all that in, but I still think there's value in looking at, there are just certain cultural things, things happening in history that do tend to affect generations based on when they're living. You know, obviously last week table we talked about technology. So a lot of those things do impact us. Uh, but yeah, so we'll, so we'll keep that in mind. That's a really, really good point. So what I'd love to do is um, just look at, kind of looking at a lot of different articles and, and things that are out there. I try to just pick a few things that I think can speak into how we define ourselves based on the generation. So we're going to start with baby boomers, who is the most enthusiastic in generation we have in our class. You guys like literally were cheering when we talked about y'all. Uh, so this, uh, again, baby boomers we're defining as about 55 to 73. All right. So, uh, so that's kind of the age range. Here is uh, the top three values of baby boomers. Let's see if y'all agree with this. All right. Number one fulfilling obligations and obeying rules and laws. Number two, safety in one's community and nation. Number three, maintaining and preserving cultural, family, or religious traditions. All right, so any, any, any baby boomers wanna amen those? Does this seem to resonate? Yes. Well, it's yeah.
13: like fulfilling obligations. I hate it. You know, I've had a gajillion doctor's appointments and stuff and they say, well, what's a good number for me to call or, or text you to remind you of your appointment? I don't need
1: reminding. It's on my camera. Do not call me. was like, come on. You don't want a notification to pop up and remind you you that you're supposed to do that? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. No, yeah, that's that's good. So a a couple additional uh, facts to keep in mind about baby boomers. So 65%... Uh, baby boomers plan to work past age 65 or do not plan to retire Uh, so you talked about work ethic and so I think there's multiple things to read into that one is baby boomers do have a really strong work ethic typically and so much that it's hard for them to stop working sometimes you know and, and some of that could be financially related about we'll see in a minute about some retirement struggles that baby boomers have over that generation
5: I think that's a. I think that's kind of goes along with our age. Yeah. I think you start thinking about, especially when people around you pass away, like your parents, and you're like, I wish my I wish mom was around so I could ask her this, or, and so you think about as you get older, more about that and wanting to know those things. Yeah. So that other people behind you would know them, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's a good point. And then this one down here, uh, 70% of the disposable income in the U S is controlled by baby boomers. So baby boomers got the money. (laughs) 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 Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now let's look at a couple of struggles possibly within baby boomers. Um, so as they enter retirement years, um, they may struggle at first to find meaningful work where they can contribute in positive ways to community. So as they're now, all of a sudden now I'm not working full time anymore. I'm trying to figure out what do I do with my time? I still have energy. I still have vitality. What am I doing? So that could be a struggle in there. Number two is that uh, boomers are statistically not prepared for retirement as they've run surveys. 45% of baby boomers have no retirement savings. Only fifty five percent of boomers have some retirement and twenty eight percent of those have less than one hundred thousand dollars. So there's 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 quite a struggle within this demographic of they're not really adequately prepared for retirement. A lot of them. All right. So number three is boomers may struggle to find their place in a rapidly changing culture where certain traditions and commonly held values are constantly in flux. So that can be a challenge four for boomers. And then uh, number four is that some young boomers may be walking through the sandwich phase of life where they are still paying for kids in college and taking care of aging parents. So that can be a real strain. So I think, you know, I I think it's important for us to put this up here for the other generations, for Gen X, millennial, Gen Z, for us to appreciate the world of the baby boomer and what makes them who they are and value. And, And one other thing with that, I thought this was a good little description of boomers. So baby boomers, they value relationships as they did not grow up with technology running their lives. Baby boomers grew up making phone calls and writing letters, uh, solidifying strong interpersonal skills. Uh, Yet as they got older, they actually became fluent in technology and now use cell phones and tablets. The difference is they use their technologies as productivity tools as opposed to connectivity, an idea that came from the millennial generation. Um, And then in the workforce, baby boomers played by the rules, putting their work life first and living the true American dream, which encompassed kids a nine to five career, a house and a minivan. They paved the path for the workaholic in corporate America, which is currently being restructured today. Thanks to the millennials. All right. There we go. All right. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you, millennials, for, for doing that. All right.
0: What's your life balance,
1: That's right. We're about to get due next. Thank you, Josh, for that segue. Bam. All right. So Generation X, which I am the lone representative, and James has helped me a little bit here with that one. Um, so this is 39 to 54, kind of in that age range. Um, so they are the first generation to value Uh, work-life balance. Thank you, Josh, for setting us up. So possibly in response to experiencing the consequences of their parents, baby boomer parents, workaholism. Um, So you see how one generation does affect the next and kind of what they experience and the pendulum kind of swings. Number two, um, Gen X was a generation whose worldview is based on change, the need to combat corruption, dictatorships, abuse, AIDS, generation in search of human dignity individual freedom need for stability love tolerance and human rights for all yeah go gen x all right right. number three uh members of the generation are in their 30s and 40s and even early 50s Uh, they spend a lot of time alone as children this created an entrepreneurial spirit within them in fact gen xers make up the highest percentage of startup founders at 55 percent so out of all the startups and entrepreneurs out there the majority of them are Gen Xers. Um, So it's kind of interesting. And I think, again, came out of maybe their upbringing that they were kind of on their own a lot. Um, I think Gen X kids still grew up where the parents were like, go play outside when it's dark, come back. There's still a little bit of that in their childhood. And they were kind of forced to be creative, go play outside, do all that stuff. All right. All right, so some struggles on Gen X. Um, Again, some of this is the stage of life. So number one is they can lose themselves in the middle age years and fall for the midlife crisis temptations. So uh, we're right. Gen Xers are prime for the midlife crisis. So if I show up next week and I'm tatted up and I've got piercings in a new car, I'm a Gen Xer and I'm just right for my midlife crisis. So y'all don't be surprised. Yeah, I mean it's just that's, I'm right in line for that. There we are, um, number two. Uh, this generation is is a, one of the articles I was reading, they call them the forgotten middle child. <laughs> so sad.
5: That's, that's <laughs> of heavy values. Just Can like we go through, go
1: through. <laughs> <laughs> We're spending way too much time on this one. <laughs> I'm going to talk even slower now. Thank you. I'm hurt. So we're between boomers. And millennials, it's like, you know, it's just kind of like we got to got skipped. And sometimes they feel overlooked in society and the workplace. Um, and this was a, this is a quote, due to the sheer volume of millennials in the workplace and their strong opinions about how it should be, <laughs> companies are adjusting their policies to meet millennials' needs and not really Gen X. So it's it's kind of like, and there's a lot more of them in the workforce. And it, I always read another article where it actually says that Millennials are getting promoted at a lot quicker rates than Gen Xers. Like, you know, if you look at just sort of the timeline, there is there is kind of this angst a little bit and Gen X uh, generation feeling overlooked a little bit. Um, you know, some of them just said, forget it, I'm just gonna go start my own company apparently because they're mostly a lot of entrepreneurs in Gen X. Um, so anyway, that, that's just some of the the struggles, I guess, in that generation. Um, number three, they're pulling a lot of different directions. Um, while boomers are often empty nesters, many millennials uh, are just kind of starting families, but Gen Xers are right in the thick of having older and younger children. So they're kind of pulled in a lot of directions with that. And some of the older Gen X are now having aging parents are taken care of too. And then number four is the technology gap um, that with this age group, that um, while many younger workers grew up with computers, social media and technology, many Gen Xers did not. So, we can actually remember when we didn't have those. And so, Gen Xers are kind of like we have, you know, we're a lot of awareness of technology, but we're definitely not as good at it as Millennials and Gen Z. So, we're, we're kind of in the middle there. So, anyway, so those are a few things on, on Gen X. Um, millennials, all right. So, this is 23 to 38. Um, so, I want to start with a few things that. Um, Reading a lot of articles seem to really come out. Here's here's three big things that come out. Number one is that millennials in this age group want to matter. Boom. <laughs> nope. Boom. So I mean, that's a good thing.
5: But I mean, they, yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely.
5: They, they want to have a part in
1: it. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, they grew up, you know, if you think about millennial kids, the way they grew up in their households. Um, The generation before them, it was much more authoritarian parenting style. It was like, you'll do this because I said so and that's it. Bam. It's like, yes, sir. And they pulled it. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just getting passionate here. They pull the belt off and like, you know, just like a lot different, you know, whereas a lot of millennial kids, it was more of negotiating choices in their families, different style of parenting that was going on. Um, and at school, and they want to be and feel significant in their professional and personal lives as a result of kind of how they grew up in their households. They had a voice, really, in in, uh, the family. Number two is they want to be active participants, not bystanders. So um, they are actively engaged. They care about issues such as climate change, human rights, the proliferation of GMO culture. You know, just some of these things are really important. They stand for those issues. And then number three, this was interesting to me. Um, they, uh, millennials are the emergent talent leaders in every industry. With scores of baby boomers retiring, the opportunities for career development are increasing. Unlike the preceding baby boomer and Gen X cohorts, which said, show me the money, and accepted positions based on pay, prestige, or job security, the millennials are more likely to say, show me the purpose. In 2016, 76% of millennials Said they'd rather take a pay cut than work for a company with unethical business practices. So that that's a real distinctive, I think, in the millennial generation. That's a little a little different. Somebody want to react to some of those? Those seem to resonate.
5: That's exactly right. I think it's all good. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all yeah. Good. That's what I've seen.
1: Yeah. So, and I think what I've tried to show with each of these, there's a lot of real strengths and different perspectives that each generation kind of brings to the table. So I think there's some. Some pretty powerful things in here. Yeah, show um, the money. I'll show you the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and last class, I thought it was interesting. Somebody was saying, for boomers as kids, you know, they they their parents were grew up in the Great Depression, right. and so it was like survival. It's like you know, wherever I can find a job and put food on the table. I I'm willing to work and do whatever I have to do so I can survive and take care of my family.
5: And, and that was also the generation where you got a job and you stayed there 30 years and you retired.
1: Yeah. And yeah. that's right. there's yeah. kind of that that just yeah. loyalty. We're going to show up, do our duty, do our is. duty to this company, um, for early generations in this country from another country where our yeah. ancestors came here with less than nothing mm-hmm. and got the worst treatment they could possibly get. Yeah. But they were tough. For the most part, they dug in, and three generations later, kids for those families are doing pretty good. Yeah, and that was a lot against them. Not only was the depression there, but then you come to this country and its worst time, and you happen to be someone no one wants to see anymore, hmm. even though you're here legally. Right, right, yeah. And they gave you the same thing for coming legally as they do today—nothing. Yeah, right, right. No, it's it's a good perspective. I think it's a really good perspective.
8: I think good point on the, there was the generation where you know if your children are starving, ethics get a little fuzzy. Mm. When you have a, the luxury of like, you know you're gonna eat, ethics now become more important. Yeah. So that I would say I mean if you grow up with stories of like, yeah, we were, you know, starving as, as children and yeah and then you hear a lot of that, it's like, oh right, let's let's keep that in mind. Like that could happen and yeah. this might be an issue. But you know, if our country went through a you know, an enough people and we had another depression, um, I would say that that would probably change rather
1: quickly. Yeah, I think it's really good insight. You know, you yeah. think about the Maslow, of the hierarchy of needs. Yeah, you know, if your true. basic needs aren't being met, I mean, right. that's that's the world you're in. I mean, yeah, that's you where your focus is.
8: Right?
1: Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, it just shifts yeah. kind of what, what your focus are is.
8: Ethics are like, eh, yeah, my yeah. children are starving. That takes precedence over, yeah. Yeah. over. my ethical values
5: mm-hmm. at the moment.
1: Yeah, no, it's good insight. I think that all weighs into what what shapes us generationally.
5: So we want to take care of our families. Yeah. So yeah, know, that, that's kind of paramount, especially when things are bad. You
1: want to take care of your family. Right. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so here's some struggles. This, uh, so the first three were uh, written by a young lady who's in the millennial generation, reflecting on some of the struggles she sees amongst her fellow millennials. So the number one, she said, uh, we compare ourselves photoshopped made up women and men in magazines with bodies that are simply impossible without major surgery. So that's number one is just the struggle with comparison that millennials have. Number two is we put ourselves into millions of dollars in student loan debt every year because there is a notion that without a college degree, you cannot go very far. Um, so I think a lot of millennial generation, they were all, you know, chasing the, the dream, everyone has to get a four-year degree, and all of a sudden you have all these college graduates flooding the job market. There's way more of them than we have those types of jobs, and there's a huge shortage of other types of jobs.
5: Electricians.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And,
5: and those people make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs>
1: but nobody <laughs> went, nobody went really after those, everybody was yeah. chasing the, the four-year degree, and now they have this huge student loan debt over, I mean, the, I think
5: that was, but I think that's kind of our fault. Yeah, I mean, as parents,
1: I think we all have to own I'm that. I'm worried about having yeah.
5: enough food on the table and right. money in the bank. You I, go, the I think you've got to get a degree. I, I do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, well yeah. not a
1: four-year
5: degree is almost obsolete. A lot of them are acquiring graduate level degrees.
1: Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which means more money, you got to, yeah, more student loan debt or however you figure that out. Yeah, boomers, right.
13: we did feel like we had to have a four-year degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There yeah. were several boomers that went beyond that, but most of us were. Right. Like
11: she said, now that's like the equivalent of a high
1: school. Yeah. yeah, it's like a dime a dozen now. It's yeah. like, oh, really? Well, Yeah. Um, number three on this one is we attribute our value by the likes, comments, and followers we have on social media. Um, so, again, talking about where we derive value, significance, you know, that definitely plays into the millennials who grew up with technology a lot more. Um, and then a couple more. Uh, number four is is many grew up with unrealistic expectations. It gets to the college thing again. I think being told that they could be whatever they wanted to be, and they're now experiencing a different reality. Just trokey. believe it and achieve it. Just trokey. yeah. I mean, <laughs> and so again, not not the millennial generation's fault as much. It's just the education and the culture of adults that were speaking that into the millennial generation, and now they're having to cope with. Okay, maybe it's not as rosy as I thought. Um, and then number five is... Uh, what's all right, we're having family stuff. The family? <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm just ignoring that. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so number five is depression, loneliness, and panic attacks are all significantly more characteristic of today's 20-somethings than of preceding generations at the same age. So that is definitely on the rise and you see it for sure a lot in the millennial generation um, so that's kind of that and then let's look at the last one we're looking at generation z 7 to 22 i said 23 7 to 22 years old um so here's a few observations so far about them number one is they want to co-create culture and they do in 2015 yeah so this one so they did a They did a survey, 12 to 24. Yeah, and that's exactly what, Josh is right. This is where this is coming from, is this is the post-internet generation. They're making money. I mean, you know, kids that, my my son Josh is eighth grade. Um, You know, my kids have their friends who have all, they have this huge following through all different, not just YouTube, but a lot of different music thing. I'm trying to remember the other one that... um, where they like perform and they sing and TikTok? yes, thank you. TikTok, yeah, TikTok. Thank you. <laughs> Explain TikTok for everybody real quick.
12: I, I've like I've never downloaded it. But I'm like aware of it, but it's like uh, it, what it's really popular. I think it originated in China, but it's really popular for kids to like lip sync yeah. pop music, right? And make, like, little right. Short clips, and so a lot of them do like parodies and stuff like that. It's,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. So one of my, I think it's my one of my daughter's friends. So she just finished ninth grade. But she's on TikTok and creating these, yeah, where she's lip syncing videos, and she's got thousands upon thousands. She's a huge amount of followers. <laughs> she's like this celebrity walking around the school there, the Christian academy. I, literally,
12: I don't know anybody that's like over like 13 that has like all children.
1: It's all kids, right? But to the point of this, they're not just consuming media, they're creating these things. They're creating it. It's not enough just to be entertained by it. But
5: it's for each other. Um, Yeah. I've never heard of TikTok, so I mean, okay.
1: Yeah. And like Josh said, or YouTube or whatever, they're out there doing this.
0: Well, the problem is, as
1: soon as everyone here hears about TikTok, it's
12: not the cool thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we just killed it. That's how you kill
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened to Facebook. Facebook used to be cool, and now. Yeah. <laughs> In other
5: words, what have you done today?
1: Yeah. As soon as you make one thing uncool, then 10 new things pop up. So it doesn't really stop it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm glad I'm a boomer. Oh man. So number two, change, change is welcomed by Gen Z. So with limitless information at their fingertips, Gen Z has a lot of knowledge and exposure to many different topics. With this breadth of knowledge, they constantly seek new ideas and experiences. They will change direction on a dime without a second thought, leaving some of the older generations shaking their heads trying to keep up. <laughs> so that is very true about them. Number three, diversity doesn't even register with Generation Z. Um, they've grown up in a diverse world, and it's all they know. Neither sex, race, uh, sexuality, um, let's see, or sexual orientation or religion are the identifying characteristics that they may have been for previous generations. In other words, for Gen Z, it's not a big deal. It's just people are people. It's like, whereas older generations are like, well, what is up with people identifying this way and doing all that? And Gen Z is like, that's just normal. I mean, you know, people just identify how they want to. They're just people. And that's just the world they're growing up in. It's becoming very blurred in that, that realm. Um, number four, they've always been wired. They've never known a world Without the Internet or cell phones. Younger Z's have never known a world without smartphones. Google has always existed. They take Wi-Fi for granted. That is just the norm from their infancy that that world has been there. So, you know, good to know. Now, as far as the struggles, this is a lot of newer research is really alarming. And it is it's, it, there's just no doubt is directly tied to the cell phone and screens about a generation that has grown up since babies with with screens, um, and they've just seen these spikes in mental health that happened around 2012. But number one, uh, surveys have found that spending more time on social media and other screen activities correlates strongly with lower levels of happiness, higher feelings of loneliness levels of depression, and risk of suicide. Uh, number two, Josh, how do you pronounce that name? Twangy. Twangy, all right. I was saying twin J before, so. <laughs> twin-jay. Twangy sounds like a country singer. Is that a person? My name's Twangy. Yeah she's,
0: oh, okay.
1: a yeah, she's a researcher. Yeah, a lot of Gen Z research, so she's researched a lot of this generation. So, Twangy attributes much of the harm of social media to what the internet knows as FOMO,
7: Fear of missing out.
1: There you go. Fear of missing out. Um, so they're, they're, they're fear of missing out on the fun that everyone else seems to be having. And that cyberbullying is also a major culprit. And so, you know, they, you got to think about, their con- they've grown up their whole lives linked to social media, to s- these screens, which constantly, especially as they become, get into school. Nowadays, it seems like the norm is maybe fifth or sixth grade is when the kid gets his first cell phone. So the moment, especially when they get their first phone, this little 10 or 11 year old, now they're connected and they're aware of what all their friends and everybody's doing all the time. And so this FOMO thing starts to take over, right? They, they never can be kind of content in what they're doing because someone else out there is always doing something cool or more fun or more great. I mean, I see it just, it creates this sort of discontentment in a generation um, and then, of course, the cyberbullying. you know, people have access to you all the time. Whereas before, when you leave school or your name, you know, when you're you're just protected, you're kind of secure from that. Now they can get to you. Yeah. So again, a lot of yeah. the technology stuff, right, yeah. relates in there. When
5: you left school,
1: you yeah. didn't hear
5: that kind of stuff, but you go home and you still got it now.
1: Yeah, it never it never leaves you. So that's the world they're growing up in. Um, and then uh, number three talks about uh, the the newest statistics on teen suicide which is really alarming so 46 percent more 15 to 19 year olds committed suicide in 2015 than just in 2007 so you, you see just this dramatic increase in teen suicides 31 um, uh, percent more 8th and 10th graders uh, describe themselves as feeling lonely in 2015 and 2011 along with 22 percent more 12th graders um, teens are now lonelier than at any time since the survey began in 1991. So as long as they've been doing it, this is the, the highest level of loneliness that any teens have ever had. Um, so it's t- so, more connected than ever, Yeah. albeit
5: the way we connected. That's probably the problem. But, and how sad is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it really truly is an, an issue. We had in our first class Bill Jones, who works at Texas Children's Hospital, Was just saying all the different things that the children's hospital is doing to try to combat the mental health issues that kids are having now. They're adding more and more parts of the hospital to try to treat this because it's just a problem. It's a real issue. Um, And then I thought this was an interesting statement. So the paradox of Gen Z, there's an there's an optimism and self-confidence online that covers a deep vulnerability, even depression in real life. Um, So, again, how they they want to project themselves in this favorable way online. And they keep trying to do that, keep trying to make themselves look good. But inside, there's just something that feels like it's dying inside them. So it's a it's a real it's real struggle. Any any thoughts? I think that's interesting about this is, you know, some of us, we may not be in this generation, but we're we're raising kids maybe that are in this generation. And we talked about that a little bit in last classes even as parents, you know, what do we do now that this research is really out? How do we combat that and, and help the mental health of our own kids? You know, and I'll, I'll open that up maybe just for a second. Any, any ways that you guys, maybe as parents are trying to cope with this? Yeah. Uh, I
11: was going to say, I mean, I just think it just shows that God created us to really connect with one another. And like you said, I mean, they're connected, but they're not like they don't know how to without their phones and everything and everything is just screen time, and I don't feel like
6: they're having this real connection. I don't know. So it's no, it's good. Just,
11: I think it's hard, though, too, because
1: the only thing worse than being online all the time is, like, not being online to them. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't
8: have a snapshot or you don't yeah. have it. Like, right. All of a sudden, you don't even exist. Do you ever hear Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about, like, what would have happened for, I mean, just as a... Gen X are like if we had grown up in this same society, like where we had access to these tools, there was something that this is filling a a need for because it's there's a you know kind of an addictive aspect to it where everybody's being associated with and I'm wondering what we did with whatever that need was because there was a need to be connected and we did that in a different way and now trying to solve that same kind of internal maybe need for connectedness through this is screwing it up somehow. I guess, I'm, I guess I keep thinking about the bullying aspect of it. Like I dealt with bullies when I was going through high school and I think everybody who dealt with that was just like if you saw this person, you would avoid it, walk away, go in a different direction. But here, as a result of the fear of missing out, it's kind of like, okay, I gotta stand here and take it. Because if I don't just take it, then I get to miss out on everything that's going on. So it's creating kind of a, a trapped, society where they're trapped online. They can't leave without judgment. And if they stay on there, they get judged also.
1: Yeah.
5: That just sucks. It does. Yeah.
1: Well, James, you mentioned last class too, which the thing is you can get attention. You can get uh, attention negatively or positively, you know, if you're, if you're a kid, so you can put yourself out there and say, look at my great life. Look at this, you know, new outfit I'm sporting here. You, You know, you're putting pictures of yourself out there, or if you are feeling like you're being bullied, you're being left out, then you put out there, I'm so depressed. Um, I'm, I'm so whatever, you know, you kind of put the negative side of you and you can get attention for that, too. You know, people might be like, oh, you know, because you talked about even this. Some of the addiction is about this idea that I'm, I'm losing or there's the negative side of it, too. The, the
8: suicide thing is super. I mean, I mentioned last class that I'm a suicide survivor, but most of that has to do with a deep sense, sense of hopelessness. There is no way out of this. Mm-hmm. It can't be resolved. No one can help me. This is right. You can't. You can't. And they're, and they're
1: young, so they're going to have
5: to spend the next. 80, they think they're going to spend the next eighty years feeling this way.
1: Exactly. Right. It'll never change. Yeah, this and is, and this they, is the way that it is. Don't want, they don't want
5: it. They don't want it. Wow. And
8: uh, so, how do you? How do you? I guess the question that I'm having is, how do you resolve this? This fear of missing out and being trapped in that in that environment or in that world and not. And allow your children, because I mean, we have three and five year olds that are going to have to deal with this in a few years. And, like, how do you say, no, you can't have all of those apps on your phone? Because this really just comes out to apps on their phone, right? You can't have those four or five apps on your phone because it increases your risk for suicide and being unhappy. I mean, do we show them, like, these are all of the people that are now unhappy as a result of having these apps on their phones? Or, like, how do you, what do you do? I'm I'm really wanting to know and answer that question. Maybe I'm
7: being a optimistic, but I'm seeing, even just in my friend group, I'm starting to kind of see the pendulum swing the other mm-hmm. direction of we are starting to get all this research. We are starting to see this is not good. Like, yes, it can be used for good, but we're not yeah. using it for yeah. good. And I'm starting to have more friends getting off of certain social media platforms and starting to really protect ourselves a little more from what it can do. And even in like, so, okay, because I am a millennial, I follow like influencers and people like that just post, you know, cute outfits or what they do in their house and stuff. And even they are starting to kind of swing it the opposite direction of, like, okay, this is what you see, but then, like, they'll do, like, three or four posts of what they want you to see, and then there's, like, one or two of, like, this is my real life, y'all. Like, this is my day-to-day. This is what it really is. And I think it is going to come down to, like, because we just looked up. We're like, okay, our kids are Gen Alpha. Like, that's the generation that they're in. And so it is going to come to us having to really keep swinging it the opposite direction Mm. of, like, this isn't going away but right. really knowing what it can do and I think you do you know when your kids get to a, an can conversation I think you do have to tell them what it can do and protect them and you know my daughter's five and she's starting kindergarten this year and you know there's even I, t- I teach kindergarten and, and the mean girl thing is so real and it's already real now and it's like she's already dealt with some of it and her friends have already dealt with some of it and like even just having the conversation like people are going to be mean. Like they're going to say things and giving them a realistic expectation of like, it's not always gonna be sunshine and kind of roses. There are gonna be hard things and here are some things that you can do to deal with it. Yeah. And to like, and just continuing to speak truth and value into them and their true identity into them. Cause it's, yeah, it's not gonna be pretty so. yeah. and perfect.
1: Yeah. Don't you think that
5: the church thing, I mean, my kids grew up in church. And they liked being at church. And that was their normal. And Jesus loves me, this I know. If you can help them believe that, I'm old. I don't really care. What, well, I say I don't care what people think about me. Yeah, I wouldn't know. kill myself because somebody didn't like me.
6: But there's a
11: maturity thing to right? Right. Yeah, as things. you yeah. get older. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to say, the fellow thing is so real. And I'm just thankful that like, I didn't have a phone in my so I remember yeah. just hearing about some of the parties, even though I was in a social clique myself. Yeah. But I would hear other parties, and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't get to go to that," but I didn't have to see pictures of it yeah. or this. Right. I mean, so I can't imagine constantly. Like, it's I know how susceptible face. I would be, because yeah.
9: mm-hmm.
8: even
11: now, like Lindsay said, like I've had to get off Facebook before just to like because I'm old enough to know like, hey, this is
7: good negative. I'm a I um,
5: I'm.
8: But friends. then, yeah. to sense, that might make sense yeah. of, like, let's imagine for a moment in this room that everybody in this room looked at you oh. with disgust, uh-huh. and that was your every day. Like everywhere you went, everybody just looked at you and was like. Neh.
5: But that's not true.
8: No, that's how they feel. That's, that's how they mean. feel.
5: Yeah, like, yeah. Except so except it's a, a, like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a yeah. mental thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's I think still lacking the maturity yeah. of
7: age yeah. development to, yeah. in their mind, they're still egocentric. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. All right. about them, and yeah. so they can't. They can't <laughs> reverse them. it and say, I like, I mean, the example of okay, you get a zit in high school and you think like. Every single person is staring at
1: you. That's all they're thinking about.
7: <laughs> <laughs> like that's their perception. That's yeah. Cognitively, that's how they understand it. Their brains yeah. are not mature enough yet to be able to see, okay, this is not reality. This is not how it actually is. And it does. It drives them to feeling like there is no other choice mm-hmm. than to just give up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would yeah. say I'm, I'm optimistic as well because I think it's yeah. like human beings, you culture, we figure this stuff out, you know? Like when we first discovered uranium, like millions of people died, like we just killed it, like we killed millions of people, right? Yeah, right. And I think this, right. like, we see yeah. what's unfolding, yeah. we're able to sort of see, okay, I mean, this stuff is, this is, social media is less than a decade old. I mean, right. It's not even 10 years old. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, we are figuring out how to deal with this, and you can see the changes in culture, like, addressing. Yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll address the issue, you know, and culture is addressing the issue. We're what self policing. Yeah, like I
11: worked in a high school, and you know the kids are losing their friends. Yeah. So like they're not like you said like they're going to adapt. Mm-hmm. They're going to and not that I mean obviously that doesn't relieve the pain for anybody that's dealt with it or has you know whatever. But I feel like a lot of times every generation right like even millennials looking at these iGen or you know the kind of the next coming generation like we don't. You don't give credit because they're still kids, like they're still young, they're still but I think like for me there was a lot of hope watching them because I feel like we don't give them enough credit either. And even being a millennial, like I'm on the younger spectrum of this, but you know, they're like it's very real to them. Like that and and the flip side of it is it's all over social media if someone dies and you don't even it's not even like, oh my gosh, how did they die? You know, like you know they were killed in a car accident, you know they committed suicide, like even if their families don't want to help their kids talk. Like, and, and then it's on social media. So, I mean, it's very like in their face. And I think that they realize, too, like this is a
1: problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's great insight. And I, I do think um, did you want to add something?
12: No, I'm mean, I just going to kind of add to the optimism. I was basically. Yeah. Josh yeah. It's just, yeah. Pretty self-correcting. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Like, just like how the boomers kind of rebelled against a lot of what their parents stood for in like the 60s and the 70s and all the social upheaval and change. I think like the younger generations might look at the stuff that the millennials are doing and be like, man, that's BS. Like <laughs> our parents are so wrapped up in, in the digital world that like we really need to come the other way and, and like eventually it will. But like what does concern me is something that was brought up I think it was last week or week really before was like the the companies that run and profit off of this stuff that causes the grief and misery, even if it's not. Their intent, like they're incentivized to perpetuating it back in, and like it's and so there's a lot of discussion over like, well, do we need to regulate these? Do we need to break them up? Do we need to like spread this around? You know, because yeah, it's like if you if you cut off because Facebook owns Instagram, right? So if you and Google owns YouTube, so if you cut if you had to separate YouTube and Google. Google would make a video platform and YouTube might make a search engine. and like, So then it would just be diffused and spread around and then there wouldn't be these like rabbit holes to go down because everybody, I, I don't know. It's yeah, no, it, it it's is. It's super complicated stuff. So I'm optimistic, yeah. but I'm, I, I worry for my kids.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I think it's some great, some really great insights. Sharona? You, um, you
13: know, think back to when we were kids, you're talking about staying connected. You know, We didn't have cell phones, we didn't have computers, so we weren't connected digitally. But we were connected, and we did go outside and play, but we also were in all these organizations, you know, the Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you had church youth groups, you, uh, even younger kid things. I mean, you had those kind of little organizations. Yeah. I've seen it as a piano teacher. I've seen mm-hmm. some of that backfire over the last 10 or 15 years of that kid is doing something five days a week. You know where they're getting too busy and yeah not, you know not being a kid going outside and just playing but i, I don't know what the answer is i mean but yeah. they can stay connected with other kids in some organizations but not organizations where everybody gets a trophy you
1: know, yeah. you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes, that's good
13: an
12: idea
8: about potentially something that might work for this is just a question how, how do we make it like so you can be in a group um, and it's cool to be the person who has deleted those apps from your phone you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, I don't do any of that. And that's like the cool thing now. <laughs> 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 we need start a movement.
12: are not going to be like,
8: all of those people that are super depressed all the time. I'm not
1: going to do that. All right, Jamie, you got your new calling, man. You got to create a movement, man. It's not cool to have that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Josh should be willing to do it for you for a small fee. Yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll pump. What's that? Pump his new movement, man. Yeah. He needs some celebrities. So. We yeah. should make an app. Yeah. <laughs> you see all this great ideas that's coming out of this class? This is awesome. Yes, sir.
0: I have a question, and I'm removed from
8: this for various reasons. But anyhow, how, how earth, do kids need cell phones in school to do... I no, mean, no, I
0: mean, how early does a child need
8: to have
1: a cell phone? Call? So, just to speak, rational
0: the question. We get that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, Here,
1: here's what happens. Here's why the I'm fifth is. Here's why the fifth and sixth grade becomes the norm. I think is because that's when like middle school begins somewhere fifth or sixth grade, and so that's when they start doing after school activities, and so there's kind of this expectation where once you're doing activities like. After school and stuff, but you need a phone so that you can call mom and dad, and so you can communicate, get a text message, so they know how to get a hold of you. I'm just saying, societally, that's what happens.
11: Like, because that's what my sister held out as long as she could. But that's the thing: like, my nephew was walking home, and there was no weird. I mean, I think he ended up asking, "She's like, he has to have one." Like.
1: Not, they're not readily available. You just got left at school when I Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we just did this, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> even
13: teachers, even teachers communicate with their kids. I was playing for a school choir this past spring, and she says, now y'all need to find so be, be, make sure you have your phone, make sure you check your text or whatever this yeah. site, the name of
1: this. Yeah. They have or they have an app they use for I school, school or.
13: send you a message about what time you have to be there. It's like. What? So just yeah. Send me email. Yeah. It's
1: yeah, I don't think it's going away. I think no. and it is a really great question, well, I, I think, yeah, I for to ask. It's a very logical question. Purposeful. And I, I think that, you know, we have to. And I think, again, Lindsay, a lot of y'all were saying, I think, you know, the current generation of parents is realizing, OK, there's enough studies out now where there's a real problem here and we have to start figuring this out together. Whereas before we didn't have the amount of research we have. Now our eyes are starting to be open to this, this technology thing. So. Well,
7: so being onto your why the young kids have cell phones? Uh, my niece was actually in, school, in high school was locked down because there was a shooter in their neighborhood around campus, and the kids text their parents before the school even let anybody know what was going on. So it's another form yeah. of communication of safety. While you're
1: right, right. So there are a lot of yeah. That's a good point. Um, well. I want to throw out just to change gears a little bit like uh, we're going to have to bring it down for a landing here in a few minutes. Um, I want to hit kind of back to and I'm, I think it's it good that we spent some extra time with Gen Z because that is the current generation right now. And it's important for us to really see what is happening in today's age with our current generation. So that's a really love dis, this discussion. I want to kind of Wrap up with a couple questions for us to think about as we work together in the church context. Representing different generations, so here's just, a, and we're not, we won't be able to exhaustively look at these, but
2: could I have more time if we
6: just
2: skipped
1: over Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> that hurts, man. Just, just kick a man when he's already wounded, man. Just, just beat up on me, man. You know, God, oh, man, that hurts. That really hurts, Jimmy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, like, here's one issue that. We may have to wrestle with, you know, if you've got all these generations in a church like Stonebridge, and we're trying to continue to lead our church on God's mission. So what about this one? What if we come together and we say, what's more important, honoring tradition or bringing in new ideas? You know, what, how would y'all weigh? I mean, wh- what is, what does that look like as we kind of come together? What's more important? Which one? Take it from your generation to you get <laughs> <balance. laughs> Yeah. Thank you. That's what you need, the Generation X. Right? We're going to balance everybody out here. And pull us together. I don't think either one
6: is bad as long as your
11: focus and your main set of beliefs and values stays the same.
1: Okay. So, good.
11: Like singing hymns as opposed to singing the new songs. Uh huh. They're both great, and they both do the same thing, just in a different way.
1: So, so what you're, so you're saying is matter. the the methods that you do it. Right can change as long as we ask the deeper question of like, what are, what's the purpose of this? What's the core? Yeah. No, that's good.
0: I think if you, if you add, or you look at tr- tradition more like foundation, you know, you need a foundation and then add, add ideas. I mean, it will also be a little of both.
1: Okay. Yeah. Like
11: you're not going to get rid of prayer altogether. You know what I mean? I
13: mean that's going to always be there. Or yeah, singing's, worshiping's always going
1: to be there. Prayers should never go out of style. Is what right. you're saying, right? That should you know. I mean, it's, it's changed. Yeah. Years. Yeah. I mean,
13: it used to be more formal, and now it's more.
1: Formal. Yeah, maybe the way that you pray yeah. in church has changed. Um, yeah. Based
8: on the generations, I mean, if we're looking at those in generational terms, the honoring tradition would be kind of more of the baby boomers, and the Gen Z is the bringing new ideas to the yeah. table. Yeah, it would seem like finding a way of how to, how you bring those two people together, where the Generation Z is very interested in the new ideas constantly. Um, just having a conversation with Generation Z and explaining that this is what the purpose of this tradition is. What ideas can you bring to this tradition? What a, what allow a, a bridge between those two? Those
1: yeah. two ideas. No, that's generations. that's really good. And I, uh, John Canterbury mentioned something interesting the first hour too on this one he said, you know, a lot of times we, we do traditions, but the new generation has no idea why we do them, you know, and, and sometimes even just taking a moment to explain, Hey, this is why we do this and why it matters. Um, like actually John, I didn't even know he was talking about the tradition of passing the plate, um, really actually has i I'm trying to remember, um, something about how the priesthood of the believer, how when you pass it to the person sitting next to you, there's actually this kind of, you know, I'm ministering to you. There's like a, there's like a deeper meaning, just an illustration of a tradition. Maybe we do, but it actually has a meaning to it. And I even think of millennial generation who's asking, I want to know the why I want to know the purpose of why we're doing this. I think it can bring some common ground to us as we, as we talk through these things so anyway just another another thought on that
13: years ago we have altar calls but we haven't seen altar calls in
1: churches yeah those are yeah not as common now right
13: the the core is still there do you have questions yeah respond
1: responding to the lord Yeah.
13: yeah it's not in front of everybody else like it was in our generation
1: yeah no that's good that's exactly right uh let's see here let me let's look at this one real quick what so again, we're working together. We're talking about identity and worth. Um, what is the best way, as we think about multi-generational working together, what is the best way to give feedback and show appreciation to someone you're working with? So picture yourself working with multi-generations. How do you give feedback, show appreciation? What does that, what, what does that look like? I think it's going to to give them a gift or give them money because they're driven by that money, versus if you're working with a millennial, it might be more verbal and say, hey, what you're doing really matters. Thanks for pitching in so, uh, Okay, okay. It's important to understand generations when you're asking. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Show me the money. Come on. Well, it's <laughs> two, if, if say it is
13: your idea, if, you know, if you're the manager or if you're also a past president of an organization, kind of always turn always turn it around to make it sound like that was their idea. Okay, good. Let them bring it
1: out. Really really involving them in that whole process. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That's really good. Anything else on this one? Um Get
5: to know them well enough to know what would matter to them. Kind of like when
11: you get married, you're supposed to figure out what you know. What he wants is a show of appreciation or whatever, because yeah. we're all different. <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> Just thinking that
5: because we usually <laughs> tend to give what we want, right? Exactly, and not necessarily.
1: Yeah. But we need to pay attention to. What makes them tick. Yeah, what makes them tick. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. That's good. Awesome.
8: Well, as a boomer, we take the money, but we just get to send a text and say,
1: good job. To the millennials. (laughs) A (laughs) couple emojis. You're getting this. This is good. We're making some progress here. Good job. (laughs) So millennials aren't opposed to money. It's just... (laughs) so guys you never have to pay a millennial they, they they really don't care about money at all right they're like wait a minute how many millennials i see like just, you know, working for you
4: know all this so, so i i actually live in uh, and i work in downtown denver and there's a lot of younger people that are yeah uh, with various organizations now asking for money to save the planet or save the children or whatever yeah. So I, I can't think those people are making tons of money. I think it's more about the college. Yeah.
1: No, you're right. You're right. That's because yep. their parents
4: are retarded and they don't need
1: to Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. for like, Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to kind of, I want to just kind of wrap up and getting back to, I think we all, across generations can have common ground over the fact that we all have a common struggle when it comes to identity. So I want to throw out these three questions for us to think about. So the first one is, um, what ways do you struggle with comparing yourself to other people? I believe that whether you're a Gen Z, millennial, Gen X, baby boomer, silent generation, I think comparison is something we all can struggle with. And we might compare, it might look different ways, we might do it in different ways, but I think this is something that we can find common ground and say, hey, I know what it is, I, I've struggled with that before. Um, so that's, that's one. Here's another one. What ways do you feel you need to perform in order to earn approval? I think um, this idea of having to earn approval, earn favor from somebody, I think is just part of being human, that no matter what generation, you can struggle with that. And then this one is, I think any of us, whatever your age, your mind left to itself tends to go to negative places. Man, that's why so much of scripture talks about meditate on truth, meditate on God's promises. So I think we all can relate in our common struggle of man, negative thoughts, discouraging thoughts, defeating thoughts. We all battle that, you know, and, and Josh, I was thinking about, um, y'all's small group y'all used to be a part of with uh, Glenn and Vic Tori Gilchrist, which I think is a cool model of, would they be baby boomers? Gilchrist? I guess they're early baby boomers. So you had this baby boomer couple with younger couples that I guess millennial generation with Josh's age group, but they, they really enjoyed that relationship they had with each other. And I think a lot of it was, I think Glenn and Vic, my impression, Josh was that they were willing to be vulnerable with you guys too. And just say, look, we have had our share of struggles for sure. Sometimes there's a there's a uh, really a way that we bring the generations together as we're willing to be honest. And again, maybe that's something the millennials have remind us about of being authentic and sharing our vulnerability. And so I just I, I love this because I think we all wrestle here. And um, I just want to read you uh, maybe a passage or two as we wrap up. And pray, but speak, I think, to these things. When we think about comparisons, I love 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 18. Um, This is Paul writing about the body. He says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God, I love this last part, and God has put each part just where he wants it. So, man, when you battle comparison for all of us, remember that God made each and every one of us exactly who he wanted us to be, not someone else. And I think that's what society is constantly putting on us. Compare yourself to that person, that person. And so what a good reminder for all of us about comparison. And when it comes to performance, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. When we struggle with performance, remember it is grace. We didn't earn it. We didn't earn God's favor, but he's given to us as a gift. And these things that we now do come out of that grace he's given us. So it's a good word for all of us who wrestle with performance. Yeah, aren't you you (laughs) grateful for that, right? And then here's the last one, and I'll pray. When it comes to negative thoughts, this is actually out of Romans 7. Paul is describing this inward battle inside of all of us. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that's subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. And my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, this is verse uh, 1 of chapter 8. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then skip into 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And so I think with negative thoughts, I found that the devil comes at all of us as the deceiver and the accuser. And he accuses us, he tries to condemn us. And I think to remember there's no condemnation for us in Christ Jesus and that we belong to God. We're His children. Is where we need to focus our thoughts, all of us across generations, when it comes to our identity. So... With that being said, let me pray for us and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you so much uh, for this, this group and for this class. And uh, Lord, I, I thank you for the different uh, age groups represented here. And, and what a cool thing to, to be a part of Stonebridge, which we are the church we are because of all these different generations working together. And each bringing our individual contributions, bringing our lives into the body of Christ. And I pray the Lord that we would continue that in even greater ways. I pray for our unity and I pray that each part Lord would do that purpose you've made us to do. And so Lord continue to use us and flourish this church that we might walk in your ways and glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus name. Amen.